Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. Congratulations. You made it. I will point out some of you. Nip and tuck. We weren't even sure you were going to get here, but you did it. Gosh darn it. We're proud of you. You made it to Friday. All right. Uh, good luck getting through the rest of the day. I'm Bruce. There's Andrea Darlis in for Judy Pie and DJ Cheese with us today. Uh, and I, I saw an interesting story. And I think it brings up a conversation that at times can be uncomfortable. I will acknowledge that right off the bat. The Chicago Inspector General. Uh, recently uh, looked at data, hiring data for the Chicago Police Department, and found uh, what 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 I, it struck me he would say is some anomalies, mm-hmm. and they have to do with applicants being converted to and completing the process to becoming officers. Yeah, yeah. The Watchdog Group says that black. And female applicants are dropping out of the hiring process altogether. And Asian, Hispanic, and white candidates represent the biggest share of new officers. So there's a couple things going on with this. Number one, I I do think as we talk about this frustrating continued divide between police and the community. My friends who are cops, my friend's the sheriff in Maricopa County. Okay, uh, in, in, in for Phoenix. And he's the first one years ago who talked to me about community policing and the idea of officers in a community that live in that community, mm-hmm. that know the people in that community, that understand that community, that have a relationship in some way, shape, or form, and how he felt that was better for everybody. Yeah. It, it, it means it's better for my officer. We do a better job. I think they're safer in communities where everybody knows them. The citizens are more likely to cooperate, to help, to not see that officer as a invading army. Okay, so I will say that. that that's, full stop. I think there's a lot of validity to that. Yeah. But you have to hire people from those communities. Yeah, yeah. So I will acknowledge, okay, well, then you got to find applicants. You got to find people who want to be police officers who come from those communities. You want a police department that looks like the people they're policing. Absolutely. I would look for a white female, perhaps, or a black woman might look for a black female. And you, you same for every, you know, we can yeah, go through There's every a race. level of right. comfort, there's right. a level of right. understanding and trust. And trust. Yeah. So I can acknowledge that is important. My struggle is, taking a look at this watchdog group that looked at it, are we talking about equal opportunity, the opportunity to become a Chicago police officer, or are we talking about equal outcomes, the guarantee that you're going to be a police officer? Because those are two radically different things. I am a huge fan of equal opportunity. I think everyone should have the same opportunity the door should be left open the same for everyone right that doesn't mean you're guaranteed the same outcome as everybody else then a myriad a, a million different factors may come into who becomes a police officer and then and then who gets promoted to sergeant and then who gets promoted to lieutenant or, or who quits the i mean there's a whole bunch of things that go into that absolutely absolutely everybody should be everybody everyone Men, women, black, white, Hispanic, should be allowed to take the test, of course. But I'm not the best test taker. Perhaps, okay. perhaps you are. 
So if you score, so you think there's higher, a bias, and this is what they're saying. They're saying is there a saying. bias in some way, shape, or form in the process, in the testing process, the testing, yeah. the th- because what they're saying is that a we they have a representative percentage, yeah, of females and black candidates, mm-hmm. but that they are what's the what's the term they use in the middle? Washing out. They're dropping out. Mm -hmm. They're not making the cut through the actual process to become a police officer. So is there something inherently wrong with the process? Because what I hear in that is, I remember when they, when we had the big debate about women in the military. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was these physical requirements. Do you remember that? Like yeah. you had to carry a pack or you had to run certain, all things that sound horrific. Can I point out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing I wanted. I will, I will fully acknowledge that. Right. But that they had to lower the standards because not enough women were able to pass the physical fitness standards. And, and I can remember the solid debate going, okay, we're, we're, we're casting for soldiers. Why would you, there needs to be a minimum requirement, male, female, white, and and if you don't make the requirement, you don't make the requirement. Right. But a physical requirement is a physical requirement. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, but men and women are different. Okay. And the physical requirement is the same. Right. Maybe it should, it it should be different for different areas. You know, if you want to do data analytics or anything, you know, something on, on, you know, a digital presence, that should be maybe a different test or a different standard. But yeah, you're right. The physical requirements, I mean, there's no way. Obviously, you will you will outperform because you're bigger and stronger than I am. You know that that's just a fact. But and, and I appreciate the fact you think I'm, I'm stronger can, than you. By the <laughs> well, way, no, I, I can, can we just stop l- right l- there? Me, I appreciate the fact. Let me like let are me we gonna this. do a, are we gonna do bench pressing? Right? Yeah. I could pr- I could probably outrun you. God, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, but, because I only run when chased, and I got to tell you, <laughs> they got to be pretty big. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, for me I to run from them, I'll beat you in golf. Okay, you, you know, well, I'm, okay, maybe tennis. Well, right, well, but, yeah, I've got a pretty, <laughs> I've got a pretty good <laughs> backhand. Go. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, but the the point being is no, I know. that you can have in any organization, sports team, mm-hmm. police force, insurance office. Yeah, you'll I, have people who are higher performers and lower performers. That's fine. Right. But there has to be a sta- There has to be a minimum standard. And what I'm hearing here is that the problem they're having is specifically disproportionate number of black candidates and disproportionate number of women aren't making the minimum standard. So the argument is, do you lower the standard or do you recruit more qualified candidates? Because if you keep lowering the standard, aren't you fulfilling this cycle of. Well, maybe those aren't the people that ought to be police police officers, right? And putting yourself and the community at risk too. Exactly. If yeah. you're lowering, like, to the, that's the my concern. That you're talking, yeah, that I, makes I, sense. I, 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 and I, I don't know the specific solution. And they didn't get into well, what exactly about the process? What exactly in the testing is weeding them out? Is is preventing them from progressing and moving forward? But it just there's a fundamental argument here. And I know people that argue both sides. I, I would tell you, I believe in equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. You should have the, uh, the, the, the black female should have the exact same opportunity to apply for, uh, and become a Chicago police officer as the white male. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then the process starts. 
you are not guaranteed the same outcome mm-hmm. because of your skin color or your or your your uh, uh, your gender. You're just guaranteed the opportunity to start the process. Yeah, and I would say once you're in that too, that should be a little bit more. Okay, you know, we're both in the same same ranks. We graduated together. We passed yeah. all the requirements. We there's each, a we minimum have, standard we've yeah, both met. We've both met. Now, when it comes time for promotion. We should be based on our our academics, ability. our background, our ability. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. Merit. The merit. term is merit. There it is. Yeah. And, and and again, you just can't make. I, I, I fundamentally disagree with the argument. And we've seen this before, not just in Chicago, but you, you've heard these stories. And and I'll, I'll be anecdotal here, just because I don't have the numbers in front of me. Well, we're going to promote a certain number of firefighters to captain, but we have to promote five Latinos, eight. African Americans, and I remember seeing the test. I had we had a story about this, and because they were doing like diversity hires, the top ten in the test didn't get promoted. Right, they one went, through five did, yeah. and then the guy who finished eighteenth did, and then the guy that finished twenty ninth because they were they were cherry picking for that. And I said, "Well, are we looking for the best firefighters? Yes, or are we just looking for?" Like a, a colors of Benetton ad yeah, for the right, firefighting. Right. Because when I dial 911 because this house is on fire, I literally don't care the color of the firefighter that shows yeah, up. No, I don't no. care. I don't care if it's a man, a woman. I just want to know they're competent to do the job. Absolutely. That's all. Just you, 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 you can do the job. Great. Absolutely. And that's why the merit structure came under such fire in the old administration. No, no pun intended. It came under scrutiny, for, for a better word, because of, of, of exactly what you just said. You know, you want the best no matter who they are coming to your aid when you're dialing 911. Yeah. yeah. But would, should the Chicago Police Department, because one of them is, lower its physical fitness standards so that more women, we use that term, or more, they specifically mention women in this, so I'm not trying to pick on them. Right. So that more women can progress and meet the standard. And I'm, honestly, my, my thing is, no. No, there should be a minimum. So you can, we can have a debate about what the minimum standard is. Right. But once that standard is set, if you can't get over that bar, mm-hmm. you don't make it. Yeah. This job isn't for you. Yeah. Uh, there's other things that you're gonna you're gonna be great at. And, it's not this. And this is any profession, as you just alluded to as well, Bruce, a doctor. I, well, yeah. Some are better you know than what? others. I want no offense. I don't want you guys being my doctor. I want you say that now. The yeah, best I want somebody who. I, yeah. I want to be in the NBA. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm four eleven. Right? I'm not right. gonna make it. No. You know. That's. You should have so. You should have oh, an no. opportunity to try out for the Bulls. There you, go. you do not have a guarantee you're going to be the starting point guard. I should How's try that? out. I should be able to make Mike it. I, that's all I want. Oh, you have the opportunity yeah, to exactly. try out. Cheese, come and try out. <laughs> be our guest. Three minutes later, get out. Get the hell out of the gym. <laughs> Why are you giggling? What are you doing here? And a good morning to you. And thank you for spending some time with us today. You know, we have something fun coming up, by the way. You, you mentioned golf just a minute ago, Andrea. Yeah. Links and Drinks is coming to the Klein Creek Golf Club out in Winfield. We're going to be out there. And by we, I mean all of us. You're, are you coming? I, I'd love to go. Yes, well, you're, you're please. Coming. Can I? Excellent. You're in. You're in. You're in. You're in. Monday, July 26th. We're all playing hooky. All right. And uh, we'll see you out there. We have all kinds of cool prizes, all kinds of fun things. Plus, the entire WLS staff will be there. Even Chris Plant's coming Chris in Plant's for this. Chris Plant's coming. Yeah, Chris yeah. will be here. So that's going to be fantastic. You can play golf, have fun. 
enjoy a nice day. Play a little hooky, all right? Yeah. Tell yeah. your boss you're working. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the big green conference room. And uh, head over to WLSAM.com and register for links and drinks. Yeah. After the event at night, they're actually going to show a movie on Chris Plant's teeth. Here we go. Here you see that guy's smile? No. The Man. biggest smile I've ever seen. Tell him you said that, okay? <laughs> Gotta tell I can him take him. You think I'll he kick him right in the shin and He'll run. jump up and get yeah. him in the shin. You're <laughs> 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 I'm running. I'll show you. Um, there is an argument that, uh, well, you're probably doing it wrong. And when I say doing it wrong, there are things around your house. There are things that, that I, I think it's fair to say. Every single one of you, within the sound of my voice, and by the way, we reach how many states? It's like 17 states. 17 different states, yeah. Uh, America and a place called Canada. Okay? So that's where we, we're practically global at this point, right? (laughs) International for sure. Everybody, within the sound of my voice, has some of these things in their home, and they're probably using them wrong. Mm. And part of it is, like we learned yesterday, with food safety, if no one ever, if no one ever teaches you, how the hell are you supposed to figure some of this stuff out? Right. All right. How about this? There's a drawer underneath your oven. Oh yeah. Everybody has a little drawer. It's a ta- right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Under the oven, you put your uh, baking sheets in there. You right? put your tins. Yeah. You know your cupcake tins. Yeah. That's not what it's for. I, I knew you were going to say that. That's what it's for. <laughs> Why? Um, Where else am I supposed to put that stuff? It's actually, uh, it's it's meant to be a place that you can warm food. You can keep things warm. It's 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 a part of the oven system. Like a little toaster oven kind of? Very similar. Used to broiler used oh, to be in there right. as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, that's right. Granted, no, but, but a, a lot of them, that's, that's the broiler, is that drawer underneath. But do you really want to bend all the way down to the floor and put your food in there toward the floor and broil it or toast towards it? Towards the floor. You know what Are I you mean? one of those people? The closer <laughs> yeah. I get to the floor, the less clean it is. <laughs> no, I don't mean for that. Just, I don't know if I can stand back up quickly anymore. Do you admit? Right? Is there one that you admit to doing wrong, Cheese? I was amazed that I have one in every bathroom. The plunger, a plunger, it's yeah, it's wrong. The one they sell at every store, that the, little the stick red one with the, like a little bell, and it's got a rubber thingy on the yeah, bottom of it. Yeah, right. That's for sinks. That's the clean stuff. Really? Pull stuff out of sink. The one for the toilet should be more of a. Uh, elongated elongated thing that goes down into that hole and shut the front door it says it it says the one that they always sell that's for cleaning out and unclogging sinks I've because never it's meant- a sink i never have oh well, yeah i have come on well, you have long hair oh no no seriously yeah well you don't either <laughs> what clog the sink i clog the sink oh i do too I that's hair. what i'm saying yeah, yeah oh not with hair no but i'm just saying in the, what are you in the kitchen doing? yeah what are you in the kitchen with food? Oh, in the kitchen. I'm thinking yeah. the bathroom. No. <laughs> no, I was. No, no, but I'm just keep running hot water and hitting that. <laughs> yeah. There's a little button that makes noise. Sometimes and I just plug and up. eventually disposal. it fixes itself. What is that <laughs> The garbage disposal. Okay, the disposal. The, the, the little red one that everybody has in their yeah. bathroom, that's supposed to be for a sink. There's that one that looks like a ball with a little thing on it. That's for the toilet. Popular Mechanics is the place to figure that. Yeah. Because I, d- I did not know that. Yeah. 
That is news to That's me. That's the one that freaked me out. I'm like, then why do they sell them as toilet plungers? I want to say gross, but that is interesting. <laughs> you know, initially you think, oh, yuck, but. Well, no, I know. How about, what about ceiling fans? This is, this is another one. Do you guys keep your ceiling fans on all year round or all the time? 24 7, 365. You do, right? I, I'm like, just take the switch off the wall. Why would I ever shut it off? Okay, so a lot of people do not know that, but you can use them year-round. Yeah. But as it was just pointed out to me, I cheese. There's a switch on it. What Summer, what winter. Do you mean a what? Summer, yeah, yeah. it sucks the hot air up. No, it doesn't. Winter, it pushes the hot air down. Right, so winter. When the fan spins. Winter is clockwise. Mm-hmm. It pushes the hot air down. Summer, summer, counter. Sucks the hot air up. That's not a thing. No, it yeah. is a thing. It's a thing. No, it's energy efficiency. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> How am I supposed to... There's Does it say winter and summer says. on it? It should, yeah. There's a little switch. I gotta get a ladder out. I, yeah. I'm reading the side of a fan. <laughs> if they wanted it to be obvious, they'd have made it simple to do. Come off of it. That's <laughs> true. The great... I'm ready. What I'm ready. Wrong. Uh, yeah. Because I saw the okay. I, I just I want to be You put schooled. it on, right? And and you're supposed to vertical, you're supposed to turn the can opener I call it sideways. Yeah. Right? You're supposed to. Oh, I do it horizontally. Yeah, Everybody does. That's why it has right. that sharp edge and it cuts your finger. And yeah. then it falls down into the crap. Yes. Yes, into the baked beans. Um, I've noticed that, yeah. Oh, keeps it keeps it intact, and so well, it there's no fall sharp down edges, into your yeah. Crap also. Yeah. Ah. Okay, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know that's a recent learn for me too. Yeah. Um, you have to do the the age old debate. Oh, the, no, there's no debate. Yeah. There's no debate. Over or under on your toilet paper roll? Over. Over. Okay. It has to be over. Let me just say this. I, over is years, physics. I know, but for years I was under. No. And that, no. You're an yeah, under? Yeah. No, 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 not anymore. I was schooled. I, okay. I was told. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> you you don't, you don't have a debate. House. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. The debate was settled by the, the patent office. 1891 is when, I, I'm not kidding you, yeah. the guy who invented perforated toilet paper had to do like a drawing for the patent. A drawing, obviously. They weren't taking pictures. Well, he did a drawing for the patent. He patented this. A sketch. And in the patent, he has it over the top. Oh. I don't care about the patent. It goes under. Oh. You've lost your mind. <laughs> kids. You have lost your These kids, kids these today. Days. I swear to God, these kids today. Kids. Right? These old people Ravy. these days thinking they know uh. everything. No, because when it's <laughs> under, it can just keep falling. It, that's gravity. See? If you do yeah. it over, it holds it on top. But you can and if you have cut cats, it off easier. If you have cats, they grab the bottom of it and yank Didn't it. Didn't they do something like it's more sanitary to have it over because there's it doesn't hit the wall in the same? I don't know. Well, you already I'm have a phobia you. about floors, we found out. <laughs> I know. No, you don't want to get your, your cooking right. utensils too close to the floor. I, I don't, don't know if I want to know the floor in your house, Andrea. Right. I also don't want them out. You know, a lot of people have a, a jar that they put them in and keep them out. Toilet paper? No, no, in the kitchen. Oh. You know, the, apply, the, well, yeah. the spoons and things spoons like that. Spoons and things, yeah. 
You don't want to see the spoons? No. And you don't want to see a spatula? No, because like dust could get on it too. Dust could get on it. Got it. You know, dust can get in the drawer too. (laughs) You can throw it out there. Dust is everywhere. It's in the wind, I'm led to believe. (laughs) All right. Still time for our criminal of the day. I'm going to give a shout out to Johanna Gardell of Worcester, Massachusetts. Nice. All right. Who wasn't going to let a little thing like a high-speed police chase keep her from a Big Mac extra-value meal? Allegedly, (laughs) Miss Gardell was in possession of a stolen vehicle when police approached her. Not wanting to give up that easy. She drove off, running red lights, driving on the wrong side of the road, and striking vehicles. At one point, cops jumped out, tried to apprehend her, but she sped off again, striking the cop, which, by the way, only probably pissed him off more, right? Per policy, police broke off the pursuit... Over a concern for public safety, which yeah. they do, right? But Gardell's battered truck was seen pulling into the McDonald's drive through <laughs> and she began to order a burger and fries. But no ice cream because the ice cream machine probably was broken <laughs> yeah. anyway. Cops sprang into action and attempted to block her in. But again, she tried to escape and managed to actually push a squad car out of the way before becoming hopelessly stuck in the landscaping. <laughs> Gardell continued to fight as she was dragged from the truck and, of course, is now facing several charges related to the incident, including failing to stop for police, traffic violations, leaving the scene of an accident, assault and battery of the vehicle, disorderly conduct, and use of a vehicle without authority. Uh. So, for allegedly stealing a truck, leading police on a chase, striking cops and squad cars along the way, but still having time to stop and get lunch. There's always time. Always time to get through the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> you, Johanna Gardell, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Taking a look at the big three stories that people are talking about, and cheese will start us off. You want to go to Canada? Mm. Yeah, no? Well, you might not be able to for quite a while. Trudeau says no non-essential visitors, and he puts it simply, for quite a while. What? So don't plan on going to the Canadian side of Niagara Falls just poutine? for the visit oh, or the so t-shirt funny. shops or the, the yeah. other t-shirt shop or <laughs> the t-shirt shop across from that one. Right. Andrea Darlis. President Biden says all U.S. troops will be out of Afghanistan, out. completely gone by August 31st. Wow. End of the summer. Wow. Yep. We we're going to we're going to talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Federal prosecutors charged a man now in connection with that shooting of three law enforcement officers. The man is claiming he didn't know they were cops. He thought he was shooting at rival gang members. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe that story, yeah. but we will uh, dig into that as well. Um so Allegedly, the Olympics are still going to happen. I, 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 I say this because every day it seems like there's another story that the Olympics... I mean, they are hell-bent on having this kind of like regardless of the cost, <laughs> right. right? Absolutely. It feels like, as far as Tokyo is concerned, well, we've... We've already spent the money. Might as well do it. Yeah. I mean, we've we're already there. We've already we we built the thingies. We already made the posters. Printed up the t-shirts. We've got the medals done already. Got I mean, what are we going to do with those? Ends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Tokyo is is, is in the middle of a, of a of a COVID upswing, and there's a state of emergency, and people aren't really supposed to go outside. Yeah, but we're still having the Olympics. We're still yeah. doing that part because you got to imagine that there's a certain amount of amount. So let's take this out of Japan. Let's say we were having the Chicago Olympics. And we were under a stay-at-home, 
state of emergency. Like we were, uh, uh, restaurants are closed. The beach is closed. Yeah. Right? Remember? Okay, yeah, go yeah, back yeah. to that. But they said, but we're still having the Olympics. You'd go, so how concerned are you for reals? Yeah. You know, like uh, those sound like two different messages. Absolutely. I mean, we closed the lakefront trail, right. a bike path, yeah. and right. a walking path. Well, I, and in, in Tokyo, they've done their, their equivalency of that, but, but they're inviting <laughs> athletes from 180 nations to come and throw javelins and, and play no, basketball. And no fans in the stands. I mean, half, I love the Olympics. Half the fun is, is the fans, and it's like a world party. Not, 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 not yeah. this year. Even right? the opening ceremony, nobody. So why? Parade so of it's Olympians. not really an opening ceremony. Yeah. I mean, not, not the, again. So, full disclosure, I couldn't care less about the Olympics. I don't oh, watch it. Really? I don't pay really? attention. I love them. I'm oh, not, me too. Yeah. I watch every night. I'm just not. It's not my thing. No. And I certainly don't watch things like opening and closing ceremonies any more than I watch parades or anything like that. I don't like pageantry. Oh. So it's just a... It exists to exist. It serves no purpose. You're not a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Most certainly am not. I'm not a parade person. I I admit it. I'm just not into pageantry. Pageantry of any sort. Mm, Whatever. Um, But even I can acknowledge that having an opening ceremony, where I've seen it before, athletes come pray, there's waving the flags. That is so cool. And you're just going to have an empty stadium of people like, we were quiet. <laughs> yeah, right? Yay, yeah. go us. You know? The I, I echo. Mean, you can hear the echo. Like, yeah. echo, echo, echo. And You're then the that stadium. one country that has like Four two people. Olympians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still going yeah. to still do, good yeah. to do the parade of athletes, though, right? I, I mean, well, saying, to an empty yeah. stadium, yeah. though. If they yeah. do yeah. that, then what the hell is the opening ceremony? If we don't even do that yeah. much. Oh, yeah. can you, hey, look at, they're going to have to be six feet apart. Again. This thing could take two weeks to march them all through the damn <laughs> it's stadium. It's true. It takes hours, right, just, just for the opening. You, yeah. you guys are getting a little close to one another there. You better back, back, better back it off, right? High school dance. Can I tell you what one of my, my, my issues is? This comes up every four years. Or now every, every two years. Every two, yeah. I have a problem with the syntax around the Olympics. Follow me on this. It is improper English and an affront to competition to say, how many times you heard this? They won the bronze medal. You can't win third place. You can win the gold. Oh. Everything else is given to you. That's There's what, only one winner. That's what bothers and you? You can't win the silver medal. You lost first is what you did. You came in second. God, I never in a million years thought that was good. You were going to say oh, that. Oh, every time they do it, my blood pressure goes up. Can you tell? No, you not at all. Name, a, <laughs> name another sport where they, where they, they congratulations. Yeah, like the NBA finals. You like, won second place? Yeah, no. Congratulations. Oh, a small trophy. Little, little league? You know, because well, now everybody gosh, wins. Everybody you know, everybody wins. Point. I know. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. I had a friend. I may or may not know somebody. And she was uh, an Olympic swimmer. Oh. Okay. I went to school with her at the University of Arizona, Bear Diamond. And we were friends. And I went over to her parents' house. And obviously, I knew she was an Olympic swimmer. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was aware. She was popular at the time and they had they built one of those like shadow boxes you know like this big frame thing of her experience 
Barcelona, I think, was the Olympics she swam in. Mm. And it had, like, uh, uh, pictures, you know, and her, like, diving in the pool. You know what I'm saying? Standing there. And she won three golds and a silver. Wow. Or two golds and a silver. Okay. But in the shadow box. Just for the gold? Only the golds. And I was like, (gasps) this is kind of where it came to me. And, And I was like, her mom's standing there, and I go, where... Didn't, didn't we win a silver medal around here? And she goes, and her mom like looks down. Oh. And Chrissy looks at me and she, and she shakes her head and her mom goes, it's in a drawer around here. <laughs> no. And I said, Are you really? And me? she said, yeah, she, pointing at her daughter, won't let us put up uh, medals of losing. Oh, wow. wow. God, if I, if I took home the silver medal, how's that? Or and if I, I took home I the bronze, I, I would be I said, I'd be wearing it every day. I'd put it out. I said, the "What's the deal?" And she said, "I went there to win. I didn't go there to party." She says, "I didn't stay at the Olympic Village. I flew in early to get acclimated to the time, the pool. I practiced. I all I did was practice and go, train and eat, and that's all I did. I went there to win gold. I lost by you know two thousandths of a second or whatever. The last thing I want to do is see that flipping silver medal up on the wall." Wow. And I was like, you're awesome. No and she, that's, she's the one that told that's me, she hardcore. goes, you win the gold. Everything else is given to you. That is hardcore. I would be thrilled. Well, I'd be thrilled just to even be there, but I'd be so thrilled. So that's why. There should be the gold bronze. medal and then you like can't. steak knives. Everybody else gets. <laughs> but, and those but, are in the basement. Go down to the basement, grab your steak knives. That'd be an interesting ceremony. I didn't know that I had that mentality. <laughs> so I swam on swim team as a little maggot. Okay. So I grew up swimming. Uh, and, and, you know, all the, you know, I was like the seven and unders and then seven to 12, you know, they had these little age groups and all I knew was the blue ribbons first place were the good ones. Yeah. And so when I would win a blue ribbon, I would take a thumbtack and I'd pin it up on the wall. And then I had a cigar box that my dad gave me <laughs> of all the other colors. Because they used Aww. to give you one for like seventh place. You got yellow or something. Aww. Green was, yeah. eighth place. you know, yeah. and, and I, I. And my mom told me later, she said, you know, when they would do the little ceremony and everybody would get a participation ribbon, you'd get your thing. She goes, you'd take the blue ones, you'd leave the rest of them there, and I had to go collect them and put them in your cigar box. And I said, at seven years old, I knew. Yeah. It's about winning. Yeah. You win the gold. Everything else is given to you. Wow. And and this doesn't even make you want to watch a couple nights? Nah. Yeah, still a couple not. hours? No, especially okay. not this year. Right. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be very It weird. is, yeah. Okay, I can acknowledge that. It. It's Bruce, it's Andrea, uh, and and Cheese. But when you talk about fast food restaurants, a lot of people have strong opinions. Yes, right? Oh, yeah. They always mm-hmm. go to, they never go to, you always order the, and uh, leave it to the people that do studies and polling to go and take a look at this and poll people on the best fast food restaurants. Now, it may not come as a surprise to you if you've heard any of this before, because the current reigning seven-time champion... <laughs> it's like the Joey Chestnut of seven fast food. Time, exactly. Yeah. The seven-time-in-a-row champion remains the Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I, that surprised me. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I do like... I don't mind the Chick-fil-A, but I would have thought it would have been... Someone who didn't come so high on the list, like a Mickey D's. Came in last. I not high on the list. I can't believe that. Well, but, and that also gets to the point about popular doesn't equal good. I yeah. always remind people oh, of that. Yeah. You know, I, 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 did move, I do movie reviews also. And, 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 you know, people go, well, how come 
Insert yeah, the, superhero movie. Yeah, Avengers Infinity didn't Wars. Didn't win best. I go, it, 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 more people saw it. And I go, that doesn't equal good. Just because more people saw a movie doesn't mean it was a good movie. just means more people saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used the McDonald's example. More people eat at McDonald's. I don't think we're arguing it's... Billions and billions. So, billions. Yeah. Right. So this is based on good for you? No. Or healthy? No. What, is, what is this list based on? When you ask people what the best one is. Really? The list is interesting because there's some things on it that I would say it, it does show a breadth of food. So you could certainly say Chick-fil-A falls in in the chicken world, right? Yes. That's what they're famous for. And I think what part of Chick-fil-A's success is, borrowing from a McDonald's, at least an early McDonald's, do one thing and do it really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And they do chicken well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the right? sauce. It's good. Right. But they do chicken well. Yeah. It's good. You're not going to go there and get a fish sandwich. You're not going to go there. You, know, you don't yeah. go there to get a, a salad. No. You go there for the chicken. Okay? And it's good. Uh, number two. Who are you people? Domino's? Yeah. Come on. Some of the, some of the, especially in the top five. These Domino's? Are crazy. Domino's isn't a number fast two? food. That's a pizza place. That's a whole separate category. Well, but in the pizza world, Domino's finishing as the, the most popular pizza place? What curve are we grading? I don't know. Well, Domino's is one of the best pizza places, like compared to Papa John's. And- I'm turning her down. That's it. <laughs> Come on. No, that's it. Miranda's no. talking I crazy. Wait, wait, wait. That's wait. the weed no. talking. Wait, wait, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. She probably and they is- have pretty good deals, too. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, oh, see okay. the so price. You know, I was thinking the legalization of marijuana has to do, has to do with Domino's being number two. Other it's, ones. Not, not, yeah. You're not wrong. Other ones on the on the list. Number three, KFC. Okay. Okay. Starbucks, okay. considering fast this food. This is where I'm right? come on. Starbucks and then is five not fast guys. Food. Five guys. Uh, again, so Star- if you think about it, they have five guys as the best hamburger joint. And I would make an argument, no disrespect to five guys. That's not the best hamburger. No. Right? no. Even oh. Poor, I mean, obviously Portillo's would be not my number one. They're the best fast food, best do hamburgers. You have, do you have a, a favorite or a best yeah. or Okay, would, Andrea. Okay, if you would ask me, best ha- twenty years fast ago, food hamburger. Oh, Portillo's. Can I? Can does that count? I guess it. But that's yeah. very Chicago. They do but have a good in, burger. All right, people all right. in Oregon right, aren't so, going to vote for right, Portillo's. So if I have to say fast food hamburger, if I just want a cheeseburger, I would say McDonald's. You would? Okay, I would. I'm completely in and out, but there's none here. So in I and out, it, West Coast chain. Yeah, West Coast. Oh yeah, I would eat there every day. Okay, I'm, Love I, the I see you're in and out. Okay, I mean I like in and out. Yeah. Steak, steak and, and shake, shake? Ah, yes. yes. Slightly above steak and shake for me? Yeah. Freddy's. Oh, I've okay, not Freddy's had a Steak Burgers is fantastic. They're Midwest. They're some of them Southern Illinois. You can get out of get out of the city. Yeah. I, I looked it up. By the way, I've got the app. <laughs> uh, how much do I like Freddy's? I'm a frequent flyer. 220 uh, miles? 23 miles. The nearest oh. one's 23 miles away. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, no, I, I'll go 23 miles yeah. to go to Freddy's. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I'm trying it. I've never tried it. I haven't either. No, Freddy's, I want to say it's Oklahoma-based or something. It started in the Midwest and kind of branching out. But we have them out west now, and and, and they're here in southern Illinois. I know that. I haven't seen them that far east. Yeah. See? Okay. 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 So when I come come to visit Nick, I can stop at Freddy's. And bring some back, yeah. Now, what about chicken? Are you a Chick-fil-A when it comes to chicken? I wouldn't order fast. I wouldn't order chicken. Really? At a fast food place. I usually do. If I would, I would go to a Chick Fil. Yeah, I guess I would go Chick Fil A. I will but tell I, you. I think I've been there one time in my whole life. I did the whole. Who has the best chicken sandwich? I gotta tell you, Popeyes is they they put crack in it. I'm almost positive. 
Popeyes is good. I've, I, I like don't, their fried chicken. I didn't get it. I tried it, really? and I'm like, what? I, I think I think the hype was so big that by the time I finally tried it, I was like, hey. so Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A, great chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah, good chicken sandwich. But Chick Fil A has a chicken sandwich that um, it feels like it was made by um, by my mom. And she was concerned about my health on some level. She wanted me to have a good chicken sandwich, but she didn't want me to get too crazy with it. Right. The Popeye's chicken sandwich feels like it was made by a black grandmother yeah. in Mississippi. Right. Yeah. With like Crisco. Who and- deep fries everything <laughs> twice. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, with yeah, butter yeah. and Crisco not- on it. And then mayo. <laughs> and... Is unconcerned with my health and just wants me to love the chicken sandwich. And boy, do I ever. Right. And she'll throw in some red beans and rice as a side. Unbelievable. Oh, that's good. I would say like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but and pizza. See, pizza's not fair because yeah. I think the only reason Domino's would make that list is how many national pizza chains are there? There's Domino's, Pizza Hut, and Papa, Papa John's, John's, I guess, yeah. really, are the only ones that like are everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. 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 And mm. I would even argue Starbucks, I would not consider it's fast, fast food. food. Just because you could grab like what, a, a wrap bento or box, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, they, they, are, they do have food. Mm. All right. There you have it. Chick-fil-A comes in number one again. What are we even, is Wendy's just out of it? No, they're there. I like a, I like a Wendy's. Yeah. Burgers are good. Yeah, I like their, their they cheeseburgers. They do have yeah. 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 So I... Yes. I used to do a Fat Man's Tour of America. And so here's what we would do on a Fat Man's Tour of America. I'd go to Wendy's, get a double. Okay. Then I would drive down the street, go to McDonald's, get extra large fries. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Then I'd go over to Arby's and I'd get a Jamocha shake. Love the Jamocha shake. The chocolate shake. coffee yes. shake. Fat Man's Tour of America. Go Love through three drive throughs yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. You're welcome. Well done. All right. <laughs> You're welcome. Those that have served. Uh, because far be it for me. I have it. I, I acknowledge that. Um, how do veterans feel about President Biden pulling all troops out of Afghanistan by August 31st? The, the, that's the date that he, he said yesterday. That's the date, yep. Those who fought, those who bled, those who lost friends. Are you, are you okay with it? Yeah. 312-591-8900. 312-591-8900. How do you feel about it? Us civilians, we can have our opinions. Yeah, I have no but idea. But I didn't yeah. put my life on the line. Right. I mean, in I, know, I know people who have fought. Uh, I as do too. You. Yeah, I'm sure we all know people who have. have and by the way, I get, I get a variety of opinions. Do you? I get a variety of opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I've asked my friends who served, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. What, what came of it? And one of the thing that sticks with me, the thing that sticks with me is, uh, I had a friend who's two or three tours in Afghanistan, like one in Iraq. I mean, career military. Yeah. And he said, my, he said, my biggest issue from everything I saw in Afghanistan on the ground, boots on the ground was all we were was a temporary break in the long history of what Afghanistan has been and will be after we leave. Right. We could not. Nor could we ever fundamentally change the their lot. He goes. He goes. He used this as an example. He goes. I don't know how to explain it to you other than this. He goes. We were in a small village in a valley, a lot of valleys here, and he says we're in this village and we're talking to the village elders. You know, yeah, the locals, the locals, yeah. and through an interpreter, 
uh, talking to them about this concept of elections, the government in Kabul, and they're looking at us with this glazed look. And the interpreters kind of struggle back and forth, and he's like, they have no idea what you guys are talking about. No. Um, and, and he says, he asks, he goes, you know, the elders here, none of them have ever been outside this valley. Wow. He goes, look at the, look at the mountains, the four. They've never been outside this valley. Kabul. What the hell's Kabul? Right. Really? They, they, so they're wow. not even traveling to a neighboring no! valley goes, or neighboring their area. entire universe yeah. is as far as they can see in four directions. They've. They're, they're on their third generation of never going out. This is their area. This is all they know. Yeah. They have no idea. The Taliban this, ISIS that, the government this, the Americans this. You're just the latest guy with a gun to show up in their village. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's wow. interesting. That's a very interesting point of view. Uh, John in Joliet, first off, thanks for your service. And what's your point, John? Oh, my, my antenna just went up when you mentioned Biden and military. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, I, I just announcing to the world mm-hmm. what Yankee's going to do when Yankee's going to pull out of a hostile area. It's like, get ready, folks. You can wreak havoc once we leave at yeah. this date and time, you know? Well, it seems well, like if you look at some of the violence right now, John, they, they've already started, for lack of better terms. Because if I understand correctly... American troops, for the most part, we've pulled back to our bases. We've pulled back to centralized locations, and we've, for lack of better terms, conceded the rest of the country. Correct. I mean, we had, you know, troops stationed around the world after World War II for a time to make sure things would heat up again. What are we doing? Mm. With, you know, Biden, Biden says, "Oh, we're going to send your sons and daughters over there for a long time again." Like, uh, Mr. President. Uh, we cycle people in and out at, yeah. at, at time intervals. You know, there's not, it's, there's no keeping them over there forever. I hear you, but and, but John, and my question to you again, as someone who volunteered, someone who who served in the military, um, what are we fighting for in Afghanistan? Because I, I'm still, I, I, here's the term I would use: How do you know when you've won? Tough to say, but I, I know we don't want the Taliban and other terrorist organizations starting to regroup yeah. that's what the, the objective is sure. reasonable so that's, that's okay what I see, so. fair enough mm. no but I, and I hear you again thanks for your service okay. appreciate john and joliet uh if you served 312-591-8900 especially people that have been on the ground in afghanistan yeah. what yeah. don't we know about that place because again the, the story my friend told me made me think you know have you ever heard the term we're going to bomb them back to the Stone Age? I, he's the one who told me, he goes, they're already there. Yeah. Yes. He yes. goes, I got to tell you, you can't bomb them any yeah. farther back. We're already living in caves. Right. He's what do you like, you do? don't yeah. understand the simplicity of their goat farmers, mm-hmm. herders, or they grow poppies or whatever. And that's what they do. Right. They don't election. They have a warlord or a, you know, a, a, an elder who runs their village or their valley. Yeah. It's the only authority they've ever known. Yeah. They're not sitting at home watching TV and on the internet. No. No, no. They have yeah. no concept of this greater war on terror. They have no concept of 9-11. Like, they don't know what you're talking about. They just know these guys who don't speak their language showed up in their village with guns and tanks. Mm-hmm. And you know what they did? They told them whatever they wanted to hear. Yeah. Because that's what you would do if guys showed up with guns and tanks in your, at your house. You'd be like, yeah, what, yeah you, what side are you on? Your side. What do you want me to do? Yeah. So I can acknowledge, I don't know how you leave purposely, gracefully, whatever it is. My point, the civilian argument I would make is, 
what what does a continued U.S. presence do for the United States? I, I, I'm concerned about our troops. I'm concerned concerned about our country. I don't stay up at night worrying about Afghanistan. That's an no. Afghanistan problem. That's no. not a Bruce problem. It's true. But to John's point and to your friend's point, too, I think the the purpose of, of the United States being there is, as to what he said, to keep these terrorist groups from regrouping you know and the reforming. Problem? I don't disagree. The problem is the Taliban never went anywhere. Yeah. And the Taliban was the elected government of Afghanistan. The people voted for them. Those that did. Those that, right, those that those did. That could, yeah, yeah, those that could and did, yeah. Now, are they are they bad guys? I think for the most part, absolutely they are. Yes, absolutely. No argument. So what's your solution? If that's the people they want, if that's who they are, and it just strikes me that the majority of Afghans would like to be left alone, tend to their goats. Sure. Grow Live their life, crops, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right, and have no people. interest in some sort of bigger war. That they feel they're in, they're in the middle of. Like I can acknowledge that, and and so again, I get back to a fundamental question: How do you know you've won? And if you can't tell me, this is what winning looks like in Afghanistan. This is what winning looks like in Iraq. Here's what here's victory. When do we party? When when do we have a parade? What does victory look like? Then what are you fighting for? That's it, such a hard question. I mean, it's a good question and a fair one too. Because if you can't argue that, then you've just said we're going to be there forever. Yeah. And after, I mean, of course, after 9-11, we had to increase our presence in that region because of 9-11 and the aftermath and the after effects and to make sure that they didn't regroup and, and plan another attack. But yeah. what happens now? But, and I'm, this isn't me trying to argue with you. Yeah. But you know that I pay way too close attention to this stuff. Yeah. 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 Al-Qaeda and the Taliban weren't the same thing. This is true. You are, not the same you thing. Have, you have a really good, I know this is, you no, geek just, out on this. And this is so. This is good, but you have such a good explanation because <laughs> we, we were sitting in here yeah, after afterwards. the show the other day talking like, about the Sunnis and the, the Sunni Afghans. and Shia, yeah, and, the, and the just, roots of all this, and it, absolutely the religious impact yes. of it, and how terrorists attach themselves to certain groups, right. and how other groups hate them because they believe the Quran tells them to hate them, and yeah. it's 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 the idea that Americans are going to stop, yeah, or change 1,500, it. 2,000 years of. Them disagreeing over interpretation of the Quran is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, just, it's, never, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Well, uh, allegedly, the troops will be home August 31st. Yes. I, for one, am happy. Mm-hmm. I, I want our troops home. I don't want another American serviceman to be injured by an IED or, or uh, uh, be killed in, a, in some sort of a terrorist attack or a military attack in Afghanistan. Uh, so I, I will consider that a victory. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of conversations recently about the violence in Chicago, the uptick, the back and forth, the blame game. Uh, that's been going on a lot. But credit to uh, the people out there that are trying to make a difference. We uh, we had um, Pastor Corey Brooks in mm-hmm. earlier this week. We've spoken to him. I think that Alderman Lopez is out there fighting, fighting a good fight. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of it does fall on the clergy in, in a lot of ways. And joining us right now is Father Michael, Michael Flager from St. Sabina Church. Father Flager, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for joining us. Great to talk to you, Paul. Thank you very much. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the work you're doing in your community, reclaiming the community as, as the headline. How are you going about that? Well, I believe that, you know, absentee landlords of a building, uh, a lot of negative stuff set up in the building if okay. there's no absentee landlords. And I think we've become absentee landlords of our communities. 
You know, we don't know each other, we don't talk to each other, we go to another house, everybody's kind of in their own little silos. And I'm saying that part of reclaiming is saying that recognizing this is my block, this is my home, this is our neighborhood, and what do we have to do to take it back? So every Friday night, again this evening, every Friday night, 7 o'clock, we meet here and we go to any areas that has been some tension or has been a shooting in the past week. We go there to talk to the people, to reach out to people, bring people out of their houses, and give out resource information any of the young people. Here's where you can get a job. Here's where you can um, get some support. Here's if you need food. Here's where our employment center is. Here's our youth programs to give them information to get them involved. So we do that mm. every Friday evening. Um, we offer free counseling to uh, three days a week. Uh, for people that might need and that was lost, dealing with trauma, dealing with fear, um, that here's how they can get that. We have our employment center working every day. We have 400 youth were hired this summer that were uh, <clears throat> working throughout the community. Um, we are calling for we block parties throughout the summer. We bring people out, feed over a thousand people, get them to get to know their neighbors, talk, enjoy a live band, and and just fun for the kids. Um, we do free events like um, this, the 17th of this month. We'll have a free skating party at our King Center down at 76 and Racine. And 300 um, children and adults can come in there and enjoy free skating for two hours on a Saturday afternoon. At uh, the end of this month, we'll do a day of service. We'll have over 400 people all over the community doing cleanup, uh, helping seniors, um, helping people in the laundromats, paying the pain to forward, paying for their laundry to be done. Just all putting planters and beautifying 79th Street, just a whole bunch of um, of ways of impacting our community. And then we have a town hall meeting we're going to be calling for by the end of this month to bring people together here in Auburn Gresham, from adults to law enforcement to faith communities uh, to residents to youth, and say what can we do in our neighborhood right here? What what can we do? to individually to combat the violence and make it a safe place to be. We're talking to Father Michael Flager from St. Sabinas. Father, welcome back, first of all. And oh, thank you. you. It's good to have you back. <laughs> we, we missed you. You have always said for years and years that all of this starts at home. It starts with the Absolutely. community. It starts with mentoring. And I think you really have resonated mm. and hit a lot of these people uh, in, in the community when they're young. So they're growing up now in this generation learning this about mentoring and families and community. Right, and we have, you're right, we have to do it in the home um, with the parents and the guardians. We have to do it in the school from the time children are coming in, help them to talk about conflict resolution, how to uh, get along with one another, how to be peacemakers with their friends and on the street and their, in their home, and then also through the churches and the communities. So it's, it's you know, one of the things we're lacking, I think, in this city is a comprehensive repro- approach. Mm-hmm. You know, we, as you mentioned coming into this, you know, the blame game that's going on, blame the state's attorney's office, blaming the police. Let's understand this is all of us. You know, we did an all-in campaign with COVID. Everybody was on board, state, city, um, uh, federal, everybody on board in the community. What we got to do was to do end COVID. And I think we were fairly successful with it. But why don't we do that with violence? Why don't we understand the parents have a role, the faith communities have a role, the community, the law enforcement has a role, the public officials have a role, that all of us, and so what are each of our roles? Let's define them, and let's attack this the same way that we did that all in Illinois with COVID. 
let's get all in Chicago with this violence. Father Father Flager is joining us right now, and and I don't think anybody can argue against your points. Well, how do you address and 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 tell people? Because I got to know there's there's some people probably listening right now. It just feels like it's too big a problem. It feels bigger. And how do you start? making a difference in something that that just looks and feels so huge in this city violence gun violence etc well i think that's one of the things that's against us we think this is so big what can i do yeah and that paralyzes us and the reality is hey every one of us can do something we for instance we've been out there a lot in the last uh you know two two weeks real intensively out in the streets and last weekend, while all this, this hundred and some shootings are going around yeah. Chicago, Auburn Gresham, which has had many shootings every weekend, last weekend there was one person shot, and it was a quiet weekend in, in the 6th District. And the commander and I were talking about this on Monday, that and we take all these approaches, what the police are doing, working together, what we're doing, what other organizations are doing, and we all just say we're going to come out and, and just in, invade the community <laughs> With opportunities and with with resources and with um, with being out there, being active and, and present in our community, and we saw a dramatic change last weekend. Wow. So I think we can we have to get away from feeling, you know, we're not here. No person is here to 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 bring peace to the whole city, but start with your home and your block. Let's do what we can, and the ripple effect will take place. If we do this all over the city, we can change the city's uh, narrative right now. That is that is a, a great note to end it on, mm-hmm. Father Flager. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, Continue good work. There, Thanks, Seriously, and, and best of luck tonight as you're out and about doing what he can do. Yes. What his people can do in their community, the challenge goes out to all the other communities Absolutely. out there. Absolutely, That's Father Michael Flager with St. Sabina Church. Thank we you. thank him for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate that. Talking about Andrea Darlis, please kick us off. Well, all of the troops, our troops, American troops, will be out of Afghanistan by August 31st. Hmm, interesting. Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. Let's jump into the 7 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are... Uh, there has been a man charged federally. Oh, that's never good. In connection with the shooting of two ATF agents and one Chicago cop that happened Wednesday morning. The man, though, is claiming he didn't know they were cops. He thought he was shooting at rival gang members. As if that's a good excuse. Cheese. <laughs> Well, if you want to go to Canada to grab some beer and hop on back, don't plan on doing it anytime soon because Prime Minister Trudeau says no non-essential workers will be allowed into Canada for quite some time. Take your poutine and shove it. (laughs) Take your poutine and shove it. Can we write? We'll write that song yeah, that's later. A good oh, one. Anti-Canada. Blame Canada. We oh, already yeah, have a song for them. We'll just play Blame Canada. So yesterday the word came out, and I remember seeing that uh, Bill Cosby is planning a comeback. Now that we find that prison cured him of his blindness, yes, uh, which I didn't know that was a thing, uh, he... They are doing wonders in the Pennsylvania. They are really give them credit for the work they are doing in the in in the world of optometry. But uh, he wants to get back to he referred to entertaining, performing, 
But this is going to take some work. Joining us right now is Brian Cross. And Brian is a, a brand, a branding expert, an image person like this. Brian, first off, good morning to you. A happy Friday. And where would you even start trying to rehabilitate Bill Cosby's image? Well, uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. And I think that uh, we, we, we know that it won't start in Canada, right? Yes. Fair enough. Ah, good point. So. True. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an interesting one, right? Because you have other comedians. You've had like Aziz Ansari and you've had uh, uh, Louis C.K. You know, sure. they've had their comeback tours and, and mm-hmm. they've kind of found uh, uh, maybe some similar audience, some new audience. Uh, but neither of them were convicted. Neither of them went to, went to prison. We, we, yeah, we, we we have something here. You know, the come come you know optometry comebacks aside, he definitely has uh, uh, a little bit to go. But I will say this: as as you know, when we work with with people like this, America loves to forgive uh, if if you apologize, and America also loves a really good train wreck. So I think that uh, yeah. he's he's going to find an audience. It may be a different one. He's certainly not going to be hawking uh, any pudding pops uh, no. anytime right. soon. But uh, definitely will uh, definitely will get out there, and there will be people that will come to these shows, and uh, and they just kind of build from there. Wow. So that's my question to you, Brian. When one is trying to rebuild their image, like a Bill Cosby. Do you t- does he take the humble approach and acknowledge or admit it and say I was wrong I'm sorry here's the new me or is it does it actually hurt if he continues to say I never did anything wrong but here's me again and try to rebuild what he had in the eighties or seventies Well, boy, you, you you said it right. I mean, that's that's what it's going to take, right? I mean, if somebody can come out and be humble and talk about their experience and what they've learned, spring that into something, you're going to have a lot more success. So that that would be. That would be the recommended route. That would be the playbook um, that, that anybody would put you through. Um, but I, it's, it, the interesting thing that is, uh, I don't think he's coming out and, and apologizing. No. But yet, you know, what he is saying, though, is they want to talk about some of these issues. He wants to talk about some of the injustices that he saw, uh, you know, when he was behind bars and things like that. So he's, they're kind of taking the approach of, look at what I've learned. Let me, mm. let me help people. Come, come listen to me, and I'm going to give you good information that might help society. So they're playing the... We're out there for good. This isn't just straight stand-up comedy to make a buck. Uh, but yeah, that not you know taking that tact of not apologizing might uh, might stunt that uh, that 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 comeback tour just a little bit. He's Brian Cross, a, a brand or branding expert. As we talk about Bill Cosby's comeback tour, if you will. Question for you. you, you so you're in the midst of this is what you do for a living. Um, do you think any? businesses any companies would associate themselves you, we made the joke and i get it he's probably not going to be pushing jello pudding pops but could you see a sponsor endorsement is there somebody that would think there's value in associating themselves with bill cosby <laughs> that's a, that's a hard one so it, 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 it you know when you're in the business long enough the, the, the answer is going to be yes there's but, uh, somebody yeah, somewhere right? yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah there's somebody somewhere it's going to be it's going to be somebody that we probably haven't heard of or yeah. something that we have and you went oh yeah that totally makes sense but uh no i would say i mean the the vast majority of companies are going to not go anywhere near that for for quite some time yeah that, I, I just can't imagine well the, well the backlash the company would get i mean that's the concern right 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be, you know, I, I, I mean, this, this is half, half joking, but it's going to be like a porn hub or something like, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. It's going to some, some, something it's already controversial and yeah. He's already isolated. You have to look at, I mean, this would be, this would be a a tall task or a tall order because you've already isolated a lot of women, you know, which (laughs) arguably is half of your audience. It's got to be a business that doesn't serve (laughs) women. That's right off the bat. We'll be doing Lululemon ads. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) We'll be doing those anytime soon. Oh God. Uh, Brian, it just, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other parallels of, and, and I, Fine. Tell me if you if you follow me on this again. Brian is a is a is a branding expert with us. Um, Bill Cosby strikes me as notorious at this point. Like that's the word that comes to mind. And I almost think of like seeing Bill Cosby or or going to pay to see for anything or being involved in him or watching. It's kind of like going to see Bonnie and Clyde's shot up car, you know, yes. or something like that. Uh. It, it's like this this. You slow down and look at a traffic accident type right. thing. It's it's exactly it, right? We I, I mentioned earlier about the you know America loves a good train wreck. Yeah. They, they, people are going to come. They want to hear what it, they. There will people to say. Let's let's see what he has to say. Um, I mean, my gosh, I, I, you know, we mentioned a couple other comedians. You know, so Louis sure. K. When when he came out, he he when he came through town, you know, we went to see him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, just to go, how do how do you handle this? Yeah, how do right. you come back on stage and what do you say? And I'll, I'll tell you, when he came out, uh, he dressed. It, it, it was actually really good. It was, I, I saw him actually in uh, in St. Louis, just a little south of you guys. Yeah. And uh, uh, he came out, and he was in a very small venue. And and uh, his first thing, right up on stage, he's like, "Well, you know, really glad to be back here. Uh, last time I was here, I was playing a hockey arena, so uh, a little <laughs> bit different, right?" Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Okay, I get it. Like, you know, play the little humble thing, humble. kind of build back up, tell your story, and things like that." So. Um, I think that what's going to be interesting is is what is his message? What is his mm. content? Because that's that's the other thing about you know people's and forgiveness and things like that. You play humble, but also what's your message? If it's something good, if it's something you know that's going to help, he'll he'll build slowly up, right? I mean, how how many motivational speakers do you know that start up by going, hey, "I was on drugs, I was in jail, oh, yeah. I was, yeah. right?" You know, but but look at me now. I've turned around, and and so you know, there's that there's is that potential where you could use that and turn it around. But okay. to the point earlier, if he just keeps going, I didn't do anything wrong. One me, know, then, yeah, that's yeah, not good. Me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It hasn't worked for OJ either. No. Thank you so much, Brian. We yeah. appreciate your time this morning. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Have you a good Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Friday to you. He's brand expert on Bill Cosby. And what would that Bill Cosby brand look like when it comes back? It's a pretty fine line to walk that he's on. Maybe Bill Cosby shouldn't do things in, in front of a public audience. Maybe just stick to the docuseries or the mm. the reality type shows. I liken it to OJ only from the standpoint of I think that Bill Cosby is still going to be viewed as guilty regardless of what a court might have said. Uh-huh. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that's almost irrelevant at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, you either believe he's guilty or believe he's innocent, and the court part was irrelevant yeah. to that. There you go. Little DJ Cheese. Digging in the crates, bringing up some uh, some Brit Brit for you. It's a little Fox Britney Spears. Sick. Yeah. It's a great song. She's Andrea Darlis yeah. and Bruce St. James. <laughs> and uh, Britney has been in the news recently. If you watched that documentary uh, a, a while ago um, about... Britney, her life, and then kind of end uh, finishing up with this concept of a conservatorship in which her father, by a judge, was placed 
in charge of her life for all intents and purposes. And depending on who you ask, uh, it, it, it sounds weird when you, you hear Brittany in court testifying that she had an IUD implanted against her will so that she wouldn't become pregnant by her, her boyfriend, that she can't get married, yeah. that she's not allowed to see a doctor. I mean, she's made some pretty amazing allegations. Joining us right now is uh, Robin Wilson. Robin is a law professor at U of I. And as part of your class, uh, professor, I'm I'm led to believe you actually bring up this whole Britney Spears conservatorship. You, you teach this in front of budding law students. Well, first off, welcome to you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Can we yeah, acknowledge that the, the concept of the conservatorship sounds crazy to a lot of us? At least in the Britney Spears mm -hmm. case. Well, it does. I mean, she's being treated like a child. Um, you know, legally, that's actually what a conservatorship is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and because a person is considered to be literally the test in California is substantially unable to manage their own financial resources or to resist fraud or undue influence, um, it's not supposed to be premised on a single event. And, um, you know, it's pretty stunning because you listen to her and all she wants to do is ride in a car with her own boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, here's a woman who makes like millions and millions of dollars and she's so disabled, uh, uh, you know, stripped in effect of she's the constitutional rights that we think Americans have. Professor, she's 39 years old with kids. <laughs> yeah, with, with kids. Yeah, she's a really pretty damn accomplished, too. Right? <laughs> yeah, I would argue. <laughs> she managed to run these Vegas shows. Yeah. Um, and she choreographs, you know, choreo choreographs them. Yeah. She's got fleets of dancers that she, you know, instructs, but she's stripped of her ability, as she says, to own her own money. Um, and I was sort of, I have to tell you, I teach Britney Spears in my family law class, not so much about conservatorship. Okay. But for years, I've taught sort of family law from soup to nuts using legal papers that Brittany um, has filed oh. over the years. She annulled her marriage one year. She went yes. to a Vegas chapel and, you know, married her high school um, beau, Jason Alexander, and then two days later is like, yeah, no. All that. <laughs> you know, Haven't we all made years. a mistake in Vegas like that? <laughs> right? Sure. Both <laughs> <sure. laughs> stay in Vegas, her marriage right. really did. Yeah. You know? Professor I mean, Wilson is going to teach us how to annul our Vegas marriages yeah. at some point, too. Thank you. <laughs> Professor, but, I you know, it's interesting about the single event, because later that same year, she married Kevin Federline, K-Fed, yeah. in a, quote, faux wedding. Like, it was not a real wedding, guys. And so two years, you know, two weddings in the same year by a woman who has $26 million with no prenup. I mean, you wouldn't see Oprah doing this. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair no. enough. No. Professor, I have to ask, and, and again, forgive me for the for the basic question, but what is a conservatorship, and how? When was this set up? Was she was she a teenager and not in charge of her money at this point? And is there like an expiration date on this too, like a trust? How do you get out of it? Yeah, yeah, it's not like bread; it doesn't expire on the shelf. Um, <laughs> it's actually really hard to get out of. Wow. Um, it happened to her. Actually, conservatorship is can only happen to an adult. Okay. Um, if it's a minor child, it would be a guardianship. Oh. It sounds kooky, 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 right, in some sense. But it's like she's being treated like a legal minor well into her adulthood. Um, there are actually protections in these things against what she's claiming is happening. In other words, you know, you're not supposed to appoint a conservator 
um, unless they act for your benefit, quote unquote, for your benefit. Um, the, there's actually supposed to be in some states, and I don't know about California, um, but there's an investigator who is court appointed to assure that the person, Brittany, for whom the proceeding is instituted, is properly protected and does not become a victim to the person's filing the petition. Hmm. And when you listen to those 24 minutes, I mean, damn, this lady's been given lithium treatment. I'm no doctor, but that's like a a kind of medical lobotomy. And, you know, you have to worry about that. And she sounds reasonable in being worried about that. Um, She actually... You know, she migrated and meandered, but she made really compelling points. She has no privacy. She's got, like, nurses watching her dress and undress. Literally. I mean, it was bizarre stuff. Yeah. Um, And it didn't sound like the people who were put in charge of making sure that this was for her benefit were really doing that. Instead, it sounds, from her allegations, like overreach you know that they've got this whole deal going for them they make four and five hundred thousand dollars a year taking skimming money off of her um estate she says um while not letting her drive in a car with her boyfriend i mean it was stunning yeah there's no doubt professor thank you very much for helping us understand that a little bit more she's u of i law professor robin wilson give me me another example um britney spears had to give her dad $2 million to pay for his legal fees this year. Against her. Exactly. So that he could continue to fight to stay as her conservatorship, including that he, dad, pays a communication strategist, a PR company, $850 an hour, to basically put out good press about him to counter the idea that he's a bad guy. She she's pays paying for that. For it. Wow. She pay- Her dad has no gainful employment other than the money that he skims off of her. It seems like the guy you put in charge is the only one benefiting from this. And again, I mean, we just had the law expert on, but wouldn't a judge what? I, see I just right don't see that? how it mm. continues like this. It, it just strikes me as there's some negligence along the way on the part of the courts the lawyers the judge it just strikes me as bizarre monday july 26th it's our links and drinks open golf outing uh the links allegedly refer to golf and not sausage and the drinks refer to drinks let's get that straight (laughs) okay so they got that part right it's going to be at pine creek golf club monday july 26th you can register right now at wlsam.com we're all going to be out there, including uh, Chris Plant coming in town for that. Mm-hmm. And then Chris is having a dinner Sunday night, Sunday right? Sunday night at the Arcata Theater, yeah. Yeah, nice. you can uh, find out all the information you know at WLSAM.com. You can go uh, have dinner with Chris Plant, maybe nice. do that, then come out the next day and play some golf with us. I'm going to argue, if you guys play golf, I think mm-hmm. you'll have fun. I love playing golf. Really? I, I, golf I promise you. Yeah. Okay, do yeah, you know why they named it golf? Day. Why? Because beep was taken. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say the word I want to say. That's, I do say it a lot, true. Yeah. When I golf, that's it was already taken. That's the only reason. No, <laughs> I have thrown more than one club in water. Just gonna say, but that's okay. No, it's not because no golfer is good. Everybody says, "Oh, I'm great at golf." No, yeah. everybody's 
Phil Mickelson's pretty good. Yeah. He, he's excellent. Yeah, that's he's the problem. The, you're the watching. You're like, I can yeah. do that, and then you're like, I cannot do that. <laughs> uh, hey, joining us right now is Jared Knott, and uh, Jared is a author. Uh, book called Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters: Thirty Nine Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever. First off, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to be here. Great to be with us. Now, the reason we're talking to you is you are speaking to the city of Chicago right now. And there is lore. It is baked in the cake in Chicago about a certain fire that you address in your book, right? That is correct. That's correct. The Great Chicago Fire. The Great Chicago Fire. What do I... How about... Let me put it this way. What do I not know about the Great Chicago Fire? Yes, well, if you were listening to the uh, folklore, uh, you would think that maybe Mrs. O'Leary's cow yes! uh, kicked over Leonard, okay? And there's the, old, uh, yeah, there's the old ditty, one late night while we were all in bed, Mrs. O'Leary lit a lantern in the shed, the cow kicked it over, winked her eye and said, it'll be a hot time in the old town tonight, bah, bah, bah. Excuse me for the bad music. Wow. <laughs> why are you guys laughing? Why, why are is, you this laughing? This is the truth, right? It's the truth. It's, a God's oh, honest, it's gospel. I grew up in this city. That's what I was told. You burned the whole city down. 300 people died. It was a terrible thing. Right. But this is, uh, I kind of call this the case of the slandered cow. Oh. Okay. Because Daisy, that was her name, did not Hundred percent untrue. Hundred uh, percent. Yes, there's a gentleman, as a, a reporter, a gentleman, a gentleman named a person named Michael Ahern. He was a reporter, and he worked for the Chicago Republican. And he later admitted concocting the entire tale because it made a more interesting story. So he what? admitted making the whole thing up. Yes. Wait. Okay. Wait. Okay. Yeah, but uh, uh, Andrea, you've, you've by the way, you've ruined your childhood, <laughs> if nothing else. I love this city, Jared. How on earth, how, how did this happen? How, just He made something up. There was and then no internet the back then. Continued. <laughs> it was like a, it was early a example of, early example of fake news. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Early example of telephone. Remember the game you'd whisper? The cow burned right. the city down. That's right. But he, he deliberately made it up. And in the 1890s, the Chicago City Council passed a resolution exonerating Mrs. O'Leary, saying that she had deserved no blame and no criticism, whatever. She did nothing wrong. But it, uh, the whole story just kind of ruined her life and ruined the life of her family. So it was very unfair. Were people mad at the family? Like they didn't like the O'Leary family because of this? Uh, well, as a result of that, as she was saying, uh, people would point their fingers at her and say, that's Mrs. O'Leary. They would get cartoons about her caricatures, uh, drawing her as a, as a haggard old drunk lady and so on and so forth. All these horrible things were said about her and said about her family. Uh, and it was completely unjustified. And she had a son. Uh, Big Jim, they called him, who became a kingpin, I think it was, in uh, liquor, at bootlegging. And he built a great big mansion, so he prospered uh, in spite of all that. But Miss O'Leary did not get to live in the mansion. She was, oh. uh, she died before that. I could start talking to my friend Frank O'Leary again now. <laughs> I, I, there was a, I knew there was a reason. <laughs> That we we You've been parted shunning ways. everyone with the last yeah. name of O'Leary. Now, I shudder at the thought of what happened to Daisy, the cow. Oh, I, I have a feeling there were some steaks. And, and, uh, yeah. Yes, 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 she may have heard the sausage links. I don't some know sausage that links so wait, that came out so of it. Who did it then? Yes, that's a, no one knows. Even after all these years, no one knows. The one uh, interesting, this is a little bit of a fringe theory, but there are some scientists who say that actually... Uh, uh, visitors from outer space. Uh, sorry, I know that sounds crazy. What am I talking about? <laughs> a meteor shower. A meteor shower may have caused it either a breakup really? of comet Biela, okay, B I 
E-L-A, uh, Viela. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and and uh, the reason they say that, <clears throat> on that very same night, there were three or four major fires in that part of the world. Uh, in fact, it's uh, Prestigo, Wisconsin, had a fire even bigger than Chicago, and uh, 22,500 people died in the fire, which is the largest uh, natural disaster in terms of lives lost in the United States history. One report says 1,500, another report says 2,500. happened on exactly the same night as a great Chicago fire, and there were probably two other fires, I think it was, in, uh, in Michigan. So it's kind of suspicious, but at the same time, a lot of the scientists do not accept the idea of the meteor shower, but that is one of the possibilities. Wow. You know what, Jared, thanks for blowing our minds this morning, okay? Uh, Thanks for, for, uh, the truth will set you free. He's Jared Knott, uh, author of Tiny Blunders, Big Disasters, uh, 39 Tiny Mistakes That Changed the World Forever, one of them not being Miss O'Leary's crowd. Thank you very much, Jared. Let me just real quickly. The tiny mistake there, they gave the fire department the wrong address. And he went to the wrong place, I delayed it by 20, 20, 30 minutes. By the time it got to Mrs. O'Leary's, it was too late. The fire was out of control. If they had gotten the wrong address, they would have put it out right away. And really? we were talking about poor, poor Daisy, right? Unbelievable. Wow. Thank, look at that. And, and, and by the way, if you want to see, get more, find out more about the book, you go to tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. Uh, tinyblundersbigdisasters.com. I have a, a website there. I have a, a, a book trailer, a fun quiz, and so on and so forth. The book is a bestseller, I'm happy to say. been on the bestseller list at Amazon for more than seven months. Dang, nice. Thank you Very so cool. much. Appreciate that. Wow. And I love learning more about... Uh, Chicago history, or maybe we should say correcting, correcting Chicago it, history, yeah. right? And, and if they had made the right, if they had gone to the right address, <laughs> there would only be three stars on the Chicago flag because one of the stars on the flag symbolizes the Great Chicago Fire. What are the other three? I did not know that. Okay. Okay. Why'd you have to ask? Yeah, I know Fort Dearborn. Okay. The World's Columbian Exposition, and the World's Fair, and the fire. And the fire. That's four. And then the two blue stripes are for the each branch of the Chicago River. I think. I'm going to look it up. You know but what? I, but I think you should have said, I think. You should have said it declaratively. Yes. Yeah. Like and just right? like Miss O'Leary's Wait. cow knocked over Lantern, everybody going, well, that's How what about happened. this? Right, Nick? I thought they were both branches of the river. You're right. I should have said it, Bruce. Ah, uh, see, yeah. here's what they are for, definitively. Yeah. But she knew the stars. I had no idea. Yeah, what the stars are for. Yeah, well, you learn something hey, new every day. You know what? But it's interesting well, how a story like Miss O'Leary's cow, yeah. which again, it's documented. The reporter made it up. The city council actually passed a resolution <laughs> exonerating Miss O'Leary and Daisy the cow. And the cow. And it's still a story <laughs> that's told today. Yeah. It was too late for Daisy, but... Yeah. Well. Yeah. But it's like, it's, you know... Oh, God, what is that What is that terminology? You know, the a, a lie can make it around the world faster than the truth can get out of bed, you know, type thing. You know, it's like, you know... The, yeah. The, the, the story of the truth of the Great Chicago Fire just isn't as good I know. as the and cow the, knocked over the land. And the fact that there were... Three other fires that were bigger yeah, than right. the Chicago one yeah. in, in Wisconsin. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't wow. know any of that. Mind blown. So Wednesday morning, it certainly was the big story. And I got to tell you, it's one of those stories when you know breaking news happens. And and I've been doing radio long enough, contrary to how this sounds, that... that <laughs> 
I've had breaking news stories before. And one thing I always know about breaking news is, you know, usually the initial headline could be a little bit wrong. The numbers are usually mixed up. You know, you got to kind of wait and see how these things unfold. Yeah. But it does put a pit in your stomach when the, the headline comes across at six in the morning or whatever we were on. Right. Officers, plural, they didn't do that by accident, yeah. mm. shot in Chicago. You're like, what the heck is going on? Then the number came out. It was three, three officers. Oh, my goodness. Thankfully, as the facts came forward, all three, yes, they were shot, but very minor. Thankfully, injuries treated, released two ATF agents Mm -hmm. and a Chicago police commander in an unmarked car were fired upon. Right. 119th Street. This is the 22nd District Morgan Park Police Station. Yes. Right near that off ramp off of the Dan Ryan and 119th Street. They're getting on the ramp. Shots fired, three shot, as you say, and now the suspect is in custody, 28-year-old man, uh, federally charged. And it, it appears he's kind of admitted to this, yes. but with an interesting caveat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eugene McLaurin has been charged with one count of using a dangerous and deadly weapon to assault a special agent from the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Good night, Irene. That's a hell of a charge right there, right? He says, and he told investigators... Oh, yeah, he fired into the car, but he fired into it because he thought it was being driven by a gang rival. So his argument is, I wasn't shooting at the ATF (laughs) and the Chicago police officer. I was shooting at what I thought was a guy I didn't like. Yeah, it still doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. This is a a difference without a (laughs) distinction. Like I don't think that's going to... Good luck on that as your defense. I can't imagine an attorney told him to tell him that. I can't imagine a deal would be struck (laughs) by by this 20 years maximum. I think that's just probably trying to be... When I go to prison, I, I don't want them to think I'm a cop shooter. Yeah, That's in my defense. Know. Yeah. Uh huh. I didn't know the car was full of cops. I thought it was full yeah. of gang members, yeah. which is why I was shooting at it. Right. Yeah. That's where we're at. Still faces that. up to 20 years. Oh, I got it. Um, absolutely. Well, it's. Sentenced. I mean, how could that not be attempted murder? Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? And, and two federal agents and a Chicago police commander. Because I, I point this out. I feel like a broken record at times. But anytime somebody, sh- you shoot into a car, and thankfully, uh, well, well, these none of these law enforcement officers were seriously hurt, but one of them was grazed in the head, mm-hmm. okay? So a bullet grazed their head. Do you think the guy was aiming to graze their head? No. Or yeah, no. if the bullet was a half inch over, mm-hmm. it goes through your head, and that's a different, you, you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, it's only by luck, there but for the grace of God, right, that... We didn't have three officers killed in in a car right. by somebody shooting into a vehicle. It, it just depends on where you get hit. It depends on where you get struck. Yeah, I'm surprised they, that he even said that this was his defense. You know, I, I, it is a novel defense. Wow. Yes, I shot up the car, but, but I have an but, excuse. Yeah. As as if they would have gone. Oh, you thought you're fine. Okay, uh, you can leave. Yeah. You thought you're shooting at other gang members. These, well, then we're okay. These express ray shootings are very scary because there's a lot of them going on. Yeah. Not just at the police. What, Nick, wasn't there two yesterday? Oh, really? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, it's just... Yeah, but now I might be driving in a car that just looks like something a gang member, another guy... Dri- How the hell am I supposed to know that? Right. And remember when the story broke, you initially said, you know, hey, w- w- what was happening? Were they were they going? What were they, they doing? What were they doing? They were now, ABC News reporting, that they were participating in a federal investigation. 
when they notice because this we talked about car the, the, following the, the, the Chicago ah. police commander in the car is is a high ranking officer. Very yes, it's a high ranking. Yeah, that's not somebody going out, you know, brushing true. for fingerprints no. and uh, interviewing suspects. Like there's something with, bigger going on, right? With two ATF agents, with so two this ATF was agents, part of a, a federal, mm. a bigger investigation. Right. Well, um, yeah, he's going to need some, need some help there, Mister McLaurin. Anyway, hey, I think we have a winner with our uh, DJ Cheese scramble. The uh, scramble. Hey, Zeus. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Ah, muy bueno, gracias. Do you know? <laughs> by the way, calling from Indiana. Where in Indiana are you? Overt. Okay. Shout out to Overt. Uh, real quick. What are the two songs that DJ Cheese scrambled up? Uh, New Edition, Candy Girl, and the Archie's Sugar Sugar. Wow. Nice. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. A little New Edition. I was bopping yeah. along to that. That was old school I know. New Edition. Yeah, that's yeah. Old school. And that's the one I didn't know. That's you didn't know Candy like, Girl. Come on. You get you get the you get the uh, thing that she's put together there. Congratulations to you, Hazers. You're going to get yourself the uh, 50th year anniversary of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. A little pure imagination yeah, for you. All right. Hey, appreciate you. you listening. Have an awesome weekend. Good morning to you. A happy Friday. The weekend is almost upon us, at least for most of you. If it's starting right now, good on you. <laughs> All right. Shout out to you guys. Already, I bet. We're going to jump right into the eight o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Hey, I'll start it off. A man has been charged federally in connection with the shooting of those three law enforcement officials, two ATF agents and one Chicago cop. Although his defense is, yes, I shot at them. But I thought I was shooting at a gang member, not at cops. I wish him loads of luck with that defense, yeah, oh, Cheese. Good luck. Hey, uh, got a summer trip planned to Canada? Well, think again, because Prime Minister Trudeau says no non-essential workers will be allowed in Canada for quite some time. Mm. Oh. Andrea Darling? President Biden says the United States will pull all American troops out of Afghanistan by the end of the summer. August 31st, Whoa. we'll be out of there. All righty. See how that turns out, for goodness sakes. Hey, um, appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. And, you know, I know that one of the things uh, that, that I've certainly heard a lot is that during the pando, as we like to call it around mm -hmm, here, pando. to avoid the depression, uh, a lot of people uh, turned to pets. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know a lot of people who were adopting. Went and, ahead and, yeah. and, and got pets. I also know, and there's been some stories, that when the pando was over and maybe people started to have to return to work, they were like, well, who's going to... Right, the pets are like, where are you going? I can't. <laughs> but, or, I can't take care of a pet anymore. Aww. Right? Now what am I going to do? Um, so, I am a huge fan of adoptions. Mm -hmm. And the forever home for your furry little friends. And yeah. joining us right now, she is the CEO of Paws, Susanna Homan. Susanna, good morning. Good morning. Hi, guys. I've been the CEO for two weeks. You're uh, oh, so, you so proud of you. I remember the, you the know business what? cards aren't even, the, the ink isn't dry on them. There could not be Barely. a better person to be the CEO of Paws because, honest to God, Suzanne is one of the sweetest, nicest people you'd ever want to meet. Well, I would argue oh, that, thank you. that hardest working too. That if you are the CEO of Paws and, you, and you're involved in this, it's almost, it's a bit of a calling. You, I mean, you have to have a genuine love of animals and and wanting the best for them. It's absolutely true, and I have a pause dog, and I've had him for about eight years, and it really changed my life. I mean, I, I can't overstate what it means to adopt an animal and to feel the love from them, and, and you feel like they know, and you yeah. feel 
great about it every single day. It's like the best decision you can make. So um, absolutely believe I, this is a calling. But so, it's an easy calling. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. it sounds awesome. And, you know, there's there's plenty of people out there that, that, that think you might have, like, the perfect gig, yeah. by the way. Like, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, Susanna, tell us, though, about Underdog to Wonder Dog going on this weekend. Yeah, so that's a new campaign that we just launched. And basically, it means that there are these dogs that, because we couldn't do in-person adoptions during the last year and a half, we just reopened the adoption center last week for in-person visits. And so there are some dogs that are a little bit harder to adopt. And it's for a variety of reasons. And PAWS treats every single one like an individual. And so they're assessed by a behaviorist. And they're worked with, but let's say there's a dog that once, once they get into the shelter environment and they're a bigger dog, seeing all these other dogs around makes them a little reactive. Mm. Well, we make sure that the person adopting the dog maybe doesn't have other dogs because we know that this dog can't handle that. It's mm. too much. Um, it amps them up. Or maybe we know that it's a high energy dog and we need someone who is home a lot and has a yard and is active. So what we try to do is match these animals with the right person, but sometimes that's hard and we don't want them sitting there and waiting for a long time. So what we're doing this weekend is we're waiving adoption fees so that people can come in and just scoop up the dog of their dreams. And the idea of underdogs and wonder dog is that what happens when one of these dogs finds a home and they feel safe and loved is they just kind of blossom and they, they exhibit their real personality that maybe they don't exhibit in a shelter. Um, and we have this campaign where we, we show CM Punk and how he adopted this mm-hmm. underdog. Oh, did he really? And yeah, he did nice. from Paws. And this little guy had some issues. And, oh, and we all, CM Punk yeah, we or all the dog? Did. Yeah, which one? <laughs> yeah, and he had been returned by a few other people. Uh. But how CM figured out that, you know, this dog's a misfit and so is he. And yeah. they just bonded mm-hmm. and they love each other. And so... We're trying to make more of those connections. And Paws has always said, Susanna, and I know this is part of your mission too, is, hey, don't forget about the older dogs. That, right. You know, and, and I always said, my mom wants to get a dog. And I said, you know, why don't we get you a dog that's maybe not an, a puppy? An adult dog, so right, you don't have to go right. through that stage. Yeah. Exactly. And that's important too. Don't forget about the dogs that are older because there's great benefits to having an older dog. They're already trained. You know, they right. don't want to be around other dogs. Well, and it's also one of the cool things about PAWS, but it's also a little heartbreaking, is that we offer a lifetime guarantee, which means if your circumstances change, you know, sometimes people lose a job, they lose a home, they lose a spouse, they get married, they have a baby for a variety of reasons, they relinquish their pet. And so we do have pets that come back that have been in a home for five years Mm. and suddenly they're back at the shelter. And, you know, because we make sure we guarantee that pet life forever we will find the right home for that pet Mm -hmm. but again you're right there are some people who want a puppy so sometimes these older animals and cats too are a little hard harder to place um but of course they're so loving and the the right people know that they can make that connection i think it's awesome and 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 i gotta tell you i think there's a lot of people like you're warming their hearts the way you talk about uh, uh pets the way you talk about cats and dogs and and the 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 Listen, the, what they bring to your lives. There's just no two ways around it. I, I, I fully get that. And just the unique personalities. And I, I love the idea that, you know, there's like somebody for everybody. You, we think about that like in our own lives, you know, whether you're looking for your, your perfect match, your mate, your spouse, whatever it might be. Well, I think the same thing goes for pets. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the same thing goes. There's somebody for everybody out there. For sure, because there are some dogs that are homebodies, and they just want to be home with their owner all day, and there are human homebodies. Winner. We got to put them together. Absolutely. Would you encourage fostering first for oh, some yes. folks, Susanna? Okay. Absolutely. So we have this amazing foster program. There is so much more that PAWS does than anybody knows. Okay. And one of the one of the great things is at any given time there are hundreds of dogs in foster. Some of them are medical fosters. We actually have this medical this animal hospital. And let's say a pet comes in and it was hit by a car. Paws has the resources and the vets on staff to rehabilitate that dog and we'll put it in foster until it's well enough to adopt. So we have these heroic fosters who repeatedly take care of animals that need to be rehabilitated for a few months and then they're ready to adopt. Mm. Uh, so we're always looking for more of those because the more animals we can have in foster, then the more we can adopt out and the oh, more sure. we can bring into the program. And it's a cool way to test out a dog. We encourage people to foster dogs or cats, and um, but especially this weekend with the dog program because they can test it out and see how does this how does this animal react in my home, and is this the right setup for them? So it's actually a big part of what we do, and we're working right now on a foster appreciation event, and I can't wait to meet these people who, like, there are people who take on neonatal cats and, like, bottle feed oh. them, and, you know, oh. I mean, there are people who do the sweetest things for animals just out of kindness, you know, so it, it's a really incredible thing that, that hundreds of these families exist and these individuals who do this all the time and nobody knows that this is happening so it's cool outstanding Susanna thank you for your time today again it's underdog to wonder dog this week pause is waiving adoption fees need more information easy just head over to pause p-a-w-s chicago.org I might have, pause, to, go. I might have I know, to go right? look I know I'm on the website yeah. now and oh uh, <laughs> Susanna, yeah, if you go me. and look you're gonna get hooked. I know I know yeah. Susanna, yeah, thank you guys congratulations so on the uh, on the CEO yes. title for uh -huh. well deserved and uh, and have an awesome weekend with your uh, underdog to wonder dog. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for getting the word out. You're quite Thanks, quite welcome. Look at CM Punk and his dog Larry. I saw Larry. Oh, Larry the dog. Oh, yeah. He looks like CM Punk. They do look alike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, there's a whole thing about people that look like that. I know. That's heads, the best. Right? Yeah. Isn't there? There's yeah. like a thing. Yeah. I mean, you're like drawn oh, to yeah, something. Yeah. 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 That's a good-looking dog. because yeah. it looks like you. That's why. It's because it looks like you. That's the best. Yeah, I even know TV, TV music show. theme. Sorry. I'm like, is that Adam 12? What year? One Adam 12. One Adam 12. See the man. Oh, I loved all the time. That and Emergency. Emergency was great. I loved Emergency. Yeah. I wanted to work for the Los Angeles County Fire Department so I could be like Johnny Gage. And, Not a fun yeah, job, though. And ride on a paramedic thing. I, thought. I like chips. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, chips you go. Good. Solid, yeah. solid. Yeah, yeah. Made, made me afraid of L.A. freeways, to say the <laughs> least. My cars are always jumping up in the air and blowing up over there. That is <laughs> See, I'd be like, where's Ponch? Yeah. Where's John? Yeah. Ponch and John. <laughs> um, speaking of the popo. Oh, yeah. Uh, the city of Chicago, and let's start with a 40,000-foot view. It's difficult to hire police officers these days. Mm -hmm. It is a difficult profession to recruit people into yeah. for a variety of reasons, certainly not the least of being um, the demands, the pressure, the scrutiny, the attitude some have towards law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Full stop. So it's already a challenge. But the city of Chicago um, is falling short, at least according to 
a watchdog group that says CPD is not is not graduating, promoting through the application process enough women or African-Americans. That's right. Yeah, the city's watchdog group says actually black and female applicants are dropping out of the hiring process at a higher rate than Asian, Hispanic, and white candidates. So they're not even getting... Not this even is getting in the... the I'm, I, I, there's some test taking involved. Right. There's a written portion. Written right? physical, physical physical portion. Written. I think of it like the military yes. to a certain extent. It is. It it's is. like boot camp or training. It you is. Know, you and go it, it's through, tough. Right? It, it's it's hard. It's physically demanding. It's it's mentally challenging. Yeah. And a new report. This report from the inspector general's office uh, is coming as the department's already facing what they're calling a demographic cliff of black officers slated to retire from the force. They've already had 400-plus officers retire this year. You know, we had wow. uh, Alderman Lopez on mm-hmm. uh, and recently was talking about Chicago Police Department, specifically the, um, what do we call it, hiring shortcoming, mm. that they are down on officers, and it's not because of funding. They have the money to pay they don't have the people that will take the job or that they can hire for the job. So there's fewer officers, not because, well, the city slashed the budget, which is an issue sometimes. He goes, no, the money's there. They don't have money to pay it to. But the concern is, and when you look at this watchdog group, does that mean you should lower the standards? Should the written test be easier? Should the physical fitness requirements be lowered so that more women or more African-American, women or men, can pass it? Right. Like, is that the... Because that that gets to the fundamental argument, right? Well, black candidates now, according to the study, while they make up 37% of the initial applicant pool... Applicants. That number's cut in half to just 18% who actually... Get to the next stage and go to the academy go for the, the, academy for the, for the training. The, part. the number, it, it, it narrows a little bit for women, but 34% of women make up that initial applicant pool. And that goes on to 27%, again, who make it to that part. So, so here's my question. There's a gap between part A and part B. Right, mm-hmm. right. They, they get washed out. They don't yes. make the cut. So here's the argument. Is the Chicago Police Department, the city of Chicago... Are they doing a good enough job of recruiting a diverse pool of candidates, mm-hmm. women, men, black, white, Hispanic, Asian? Are, are they doing a good enough job of recruiting? But once they have that pool, some people just don't make the cut. Right. And so the argument is, well, they have if you're if you're let in and you get to the initial stage, well, you have the opportunity to succeed don't you right you have the chance to move forward you may not have the skills you may not have the physical ability you may not have the smarts whatever it might be but you were given that chance so are we looking for equal opportunity for the chance to become a chicago police officer or are we looking for equal opportunity for the result of becoming a chicago police officer that's which which the the argument would be you just have to keep lowering the standards till you get to a certain number right and then to your point your question do you lower the standards, either written, I'm not comfortable oral, with that, or, or the physical portion of it? I don't know if I am either. I'm not comfortable with that because I think there ha- 
we had this debate with the military when when they when women came in the military. The physical standards, specifically, at least I can remember, like you know, basic training, army training, was a lot of women couldn't do it because of the difference physical, between men and women. Right. So the debate was, well, do you just have soldiers who aren't as strong, who can't run or march as far, who can't carry as heavy a pack? And if that's the thing, well, then basically you have two militaries. You've got a, a men's military that has a certain standard and a, and a, and a women's military mm-hmm. that has a, a lower standard, at least when it comes to the physical fitness part. They may excel in other areas, which is all well and good. But if you start lowering the standard, doesn't that fly in the face of what we are, I think, as a society, are hoping for better relationships between communities and police? I admit, and I want Chicago police as a department to reflect in some way, shape, or form the communities are policing. Right. I think that does everybody better. I think you have... Everyone's safer and better when that happens. I think you hit the nail on the head. You need yeah. to go into these com- the various communities. I mean, we... We have 77 neighborhoods, you know, that are very wonderfully diverse. So you, you're right, though, but you want to see people policing your neighborhood. You know, that what, look what like I feel you, that, that grew right. up in your neighborhood, that, yes, are, that, that, you are like, know, that understand you. That absolutely. You absolutely. Speak your language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Whatever it might be. Yes. You want that. That's, a, that's good. But do you lower the standards so that they pass and don't wash out during the initial phase? Or do you do need to do a better job of recruiting more qualified candidates? I think that's it. I think recruiting, community policing, going into the neighborhoods, and and finding the people who will be, I guess, well placed in different neighborhoods for the reasons that you said that you stated: language, trust, yeah. et cetera. Understanding, Understanding, knowledge of the neighborhood. Because again, the headline is you know that the police department's losing black and female applicants, mm-hmm. but maybe there's a reason. They're losing black and female applicants. And maybe there's a reason they're not passing the, the test. And it's because there is a minimum standard you have to reach. Mm-hmm. If there is some inherent bias in the test or, you know, fine, yeah. we can have that yeah, discussion. Get, absolutely. Right? Let's get to the root of that. No problem. No problem. I'm for equal opportunity, not for equal outcomes, because I think those are two different things. Right. And once you're in, once they're in, once they pass, then absolutely, you know, Bruce St. James is in, if I'm in, if she's is in, we should all have the opportunity then to qualify for the Start next level. Start from zero and right. work your way up. And yeah. be promoted. Agreed. Yeah, that's where we need to... Regardless of the other thing, based on merit. Yes. Based on merit. Well, we'll see if if they if they can change any of that, but the struggle continues. I, I got to imagine, you know, and, and the concern would be if you still struggle to find people to apply, they have to lower the standards or else they run out of cops. Right. Wow. Go straight culture club on me. Look yeah. at that. Oh. I'm going to believe you. Bruce... Andre Darlis in for Judy and uh, DJ Cheese over there working the ones and twos. Um, I, we have been fighting a war. It's Let's point something out because I think this gets lost. Think about this. In for producer Miranda has been alive. Her entire life, we've been fighting a war in the Middle East. That's true. This is true. The idea of not fighting a war in the Middle East, in Afghanistan, Iraq, what are you talking about? We've always been there. Right. It is the longest war we've ever fought, by far. Because this is the 20th. World War II lasted like four years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, yeah. 20th anniversary, for lack of better terms. Yeah, 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming yeah. up in September. 
Mm. And that we have been engaged in some way, shape, or form in Afghanistan and later Iraq Mm -hmm. for coming up on 20 years. Hard to believe, isn't it? Which is amazing. And there's a lot of you out there who have served, uh, have family members that served. Yeah. Um, You thank them. We thank all of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Sadly, there are people that didn't come back. They lost people. Mm-hmm. We have people that came back and are still suffering, are still struggling. Yes. Uh, I lost my friend Brian, who came back, and um, we, lo- we lost him to suicide, which we Aww. hear about mm-hmm. um, after you know his tour. Yeah. Um, but President Biden announced that we would pull all troops out of Afghanistan by the end of August, the right. third, 31st of August. Now, d- Trump had a date on the calendar, too, and I apologize, I don't remember it. But Biden just moved the date because mm-hmm. uh, Trump wanted to pull them all out as well. Yes. By the way, I'm in favor of both of those. Yeah. I'm in favor. The date to me is irrelevant. Pull the troops out because I have a couple fundamental issues. And my biggest fundamental issue is, can anybody tell me that Afghanistan is fundamentally better off or that the United States is fundamentally safer because we have troops fighting in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see what I mean by yes, that? Yes, I do. And, and, then, and if there isn't a benefit to us as a nation, well, then what are, why are we doing it? I think initially it was, okay, it was post 9-11. We're going to fight the Taliban. And, and I know that's a whole yeah. separate argument. So we're going to fight the Taliban. And I'll go after Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda. Osama bin Laden was there. Exactly. Exactly. Keep our troops stationed there so these groups don't conglomerate. They don't gather. They don't try try another attack. Mm -hmm. But you're right. At this point, we could do that. President Biden even said yesterday, we could do this with with drones. You said that, Chief. We could do this with drones. So it's interesting. Uh, we, We asked you if you've served and you have insight into this or you have an opinion on on either Pulling troops out, or you think we should leave troops? 312-591-8900. You can call, you can text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a Facebook message from a guy. I can't put my finger on why I really like this guy a lot, though. His name is Bruce, and um, <laughs> he is a Afghan vet, and he was there from the beginning. Mm. He said, we knew as early as 2002, remember, we went in there in 2001, yeah. that it was an unwinnable war. We knew that from the Russians in the 80s who found out. Guess you could find it from Genghis Khan couldn't, you know, conquer Afghanistan for God's sakes. He said, we were supposed to be a deterrent to wipe out as many terrorist cells as possible. They knew, I'm thinking somewhere the government, we couldn't change the country. Right? He says, with technology of today, we can still root out terrorists. Without boots on the ground, mm-hmm. so that is from a vet who spent time there. Make I think so. It sounds to me like he's in favor of. We don't need men and women riding around in MRAPs and Humvees and tanks and sitting on bases being targets mm-hmm. for Al Qaeda, Taliban terrorists, whatever. We can go after them without having to necessarily put men and women in harm's way. And I'm fine with that. That that that's a whole other argument. Fine. If you think if we think that's the best route to do it, I'm in favor of pulling the troops out. I yeah. see no problem with this whatsoever. Yeah, and then the president spoke yesterday for about 30 minutes or so and and he said that, you know what, American resources including lives 
money, attention, better focused elsewhere. And then the reporters kept pressing him. You know, what about the likelihood of a Taliban takeover, a likelihood of, of, of an Al-Qaeda takeover? By the way, it's going to happen. He said, you know what? <laughs> nothing, nothing in Afghanistan's history suggested that there's anything we could do about that at this point. I, it, it's to, hubris. To your point, yeah. It's hubris. And, and the hubris started, you could argue, with President Bush and the, and the American population. We're all part of this. Because for the most part, we were all in favor of Afghanistan. Oh, we, yeah. can, we can argue the Iraq thing is different. You know, do we need a war in Iraq? But Afghanistan, we're going after those guys. Yes. With, uh, Bin Laden, uh, Tora Bora, the Kate. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Right? But the hubris was that there was anything we could do to change the last 2,000 years of history in Afghanistan. Because there's nothing in the 2,000-year history of Afghanistan that suggests anybody's been able to change. Right. That it is what it is. It will continue to be that. And Afghanistan is going to go right back to whatever the hell it was going to be. Yeah. All we were doing was like a placeholder. Yeah. All we were doing was standing in the middle. And I just don't see that as a reason for being there. Right. Right. I can't tell you how many times, and it sounds like a joke. You've heard that you bomb them back to the Stone Age. I have a friend that served. Marine. And his argument was, they're already in the Stone it Age. It is the Stone Age, he right? Goes, you know what we do? We bomb rocks. And we make smaller rocks out of them. Well, what is, there's, we bomb the hell out of that place. Well, you had the story of, of your friend who, who had served. I think yeah. it was the same friend who said about the different valleys. You know, they had that, not... That, that we have this concept. We are educated. We understand the concept of the world. We understand... It's round, yeah. not flat, yeah. by the way. Some like of if you, something was going sorry. on in St. Louis, we'd know about it. I understand it. Yeah. We understand the concept yeah. of a centralized government, mm-hmm. voting, democracy. Like, even on the most basic levels, we get it. You have to teach that to them. There are people who are on their whatever generation of mom, dad, and kids who were born in this valley, lived in this valley, and died in this valley without ever leaving the valley. To go see a different valley. Yeah. What the hell's right. over the hill? Don't yeah. know. Don't care. Never went. Yeah. Right. right? This is our hood. We're never leaving. And this is what we do. And so when the American military is trying to convince them, you know, this country would be a lot better if you guys really supported the uh, Afghan elected government. They're like, ele- elected. What is that? What, what? What? Who elected them? Yeah. We didn't vote. I didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Who's, who you guys were? Well, we have a warlord. This guy over here. He has, he's the... You know, he's got a turban, rides a horse. He's our guy. Mm. We elected him. And by elected, I mean we're afraid of him. And <laughs> But he's our good warlord because when the other warlords try to come over, he kills them. Yeah. So he's our guy. Yeah, he prevents them. Who is Who's this Baghdad you speak of? Yeah. Who's our Kabul? Excuse me. Who's this centralized government? Who's this president you speak of? What the hell are you guys talking about? No. Wow. You're, you know, and, and so the idea that American troops are going to change anything in that just strikes me as as bizarre well history history has has told us nothing has changed no you know again we were the placeholder and it's know, going to go back home. to being afghanistan yeah. without americans with and and without american lives being sacrificed yes. the money's one thing i can argue the money and all that and i get that the the american lives yeah. is is the, the 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 people that that were killed the people that are injured and the people that come back and and and, and struggle to to reintegrate mm-hmm. into our society, mm-hmm. I care about them. Yes, and if we can't make a fundamental difference in the in the Afghanistan moving forward, I don't want one of them to suffer for it. Absolutely, not one. I, I admit it. So I'm in favor. I was yeah. when, 
one of the things I agree with Trump on. Bring the troops home. Tomorrow. Great idea. Let's go. Pack it all up. Put it on a bus. Let's go. And bring home the troops. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. In a month and a half. Let them continue to throw rocks at one another. You know, they've been fighting since they had rocks and sticks. They're just better at fighting in Afghanistan. But they're going to continue being who they are. Mm -hmm. It is their culture. It is their world. It is the reality that they live in. I just don't think we should be in the middle of it. To point out real quickly, though, you know that it's it's Shark Week, but it dawned on me that if you're a shark, isn't every week Shark Week? <laughs> it's Friday. Every week Shark Friday. Week. If you're a shark, it's every week. I I am looking forward though to Shark Week. No, well, yeah, I I'm not a big shark fan. I usually don't like watch it, but Thor is going to fight a shark. Wait. I mean, he's going to swim with him, like not in a cage. Chris Hemsworth, not Thor. Yeah, I was like, Thor. what the hell? Is this like a Sharknado? <laughs> Avengers movie. I, no, a, no on the first night of uh, Shark Week, Chris Hemsworth is going to swim in there with the, the free shark. swim yeah. with sharks. Because this lady's like, if you just sit there still, they don't even know. No so cage? He, yeah, nothing. <gasps> free swimming with sharks <gasps> in Australia. <gasps> I'm watching it, man. All right, now I'm going to watch too. See? Just to see Chris Hemsworth get eaten by a shark. Well, it's Thor. Yeah. Thor's not going to get eaten. Have like you ever heard that thing That's about sharks? The they, shark. say, they say if, if you're being attacked by a shark, you're supposed to punch it in the nose. Have you heard that? <laughs> yes. Like right in the blunt nose? Yeah, I did dope. not know that. Who the hell came up with that? Isn't that just going to piss the shark off? Like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, unless you're that Mike Tyson. Me. Yeah, unless you're Mike Tyson. I'm going to eat not you not twice <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm going to not punching down. sharks. I'm learning so much. Let me just say. I just think you're going to antagonize the shark. Somebody punch me in the nose. I go, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah, who was the first person that punched a shark? Yeah. <laughs> they got eaten. I'm yeah. just going to throw Things it out. Things I've learned this week. How to punch a shark. Punch a shark. Stay alive and how to put the toilet paper. You learn all that. Yeah, toilet got paper. But we, were, we, were, we, were, we started with the Olympics, uh, by the way. Uh, allegedly, a while ago, <laughs> somewhere in there, there was the Olympics. Because we're learning more, more and more about how this Olympic, which is starting in how many days? It's not that many. Like a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up, the mm-hmm. Tokyo Summer Olympics. It's the 2020 Olympics, conveniently being held in 2021. Yeah. Uh, in Tokyo, th- this will be Olympics like no other, mm-hmm. but probably not for the reasons they wanted it, right? Yeah. couple of things. There's a COVID emergency slash lockdown in Tokyo, right off the bat. Mm, little problem. Kind of interesting mm-hmm. that you're going to hold a global sporting event when... They're having a COVID emergency. Hospitals are full. Cases are spiking, et cetera. That's got to drive tourism way down. I mean, <laughs> restaurants are closed. Shops are closed. You would think. Yeah. Uh, and now, good news. On the tourism front, you weren't going to be able to eat anyway. Oh. But they're not going to have any fans. That's <laughs> yeah, why. None, yeah. Yeah. Including the opening ceremonies. You know, the big stadium thing, the parade of flags, all this, that, that, yeah. with no humans, well, other than the ones marching with their flags. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Could you imagine welcome. being Albania, an athlete and Amia, training? Amia, Amia. <laughs> and training since you were like four years old. Right. Go, and this is your Olympics. And, yeah. And it's this. Hey, mom and dad. Oh. oh. That would really suck. It's going to be a, a different experience for them. No doubt about it. If you if you were going to experience the crowd, and th- there's not going to be any of that. But they're still going to do the parade of nations, though, right? Yeah. They but, come in. Right. They don't care if they get COVID. <laughs> they just aren't going to let people in the stands. Socially distant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They, yeah. They don't care oh. about the the yeah. 
the so, women's volleyball team from Lithuania. No. I, I make fun of Lithuania because their consulate is in our building. Oh, I think it is, isn't it? We're trying to make friends. I yeah. think we're, yeah. yeah. Well, what are they Lithuanian <laughs> women's volleyball team is badass. We have, we can we can make fun of South Korea. They're, in our, they're in our building. Is that the good Turkey, Korea? That's a good one. Okay. Uh, Turkey is in our building. The country, not the not, farm animal. Not the food. <laughs> What's the other one? No, no, it's a stan. Pakistan? No. Turkestan? Uzbekistan? It's like, it's like Turkmenistan. It's one of those stands. Azerbaijan? No. Are you surprised I know that? So anyway, those no are, what you just they're said. in our building. And by the way, it makes for an interesting lobby. It Wait, totally why, do you does. Make, why do you want to make fun of any of the... Well, no, no, we're not making fun of saying. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, okay, they'll be my second favorite team. Okay. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Is whatever the consulate is. There's some is Lithuanian woman standing outside waiting for you. I'm going to laugh. Are you Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> Smacks you in the head with a volleyball. <laughs> I'll show you how Lithuanian <laughs> women can play volleyball. Boom. You don't know. By the way, I don't think she'd be speaking English. No, I don't she know. Would be in, the, do they speak Lithuanian? I would imagine. Okay. Yeah. I'll take their word for it. Oh. Might not understand a word of it. <laughs> I'm gonna... yeah, For those of you that don't work in the NBC Tower yeah. <clears throat> out there, uh, we get interesting. Uh, first of all, people come to consulates all the time. They need to go to a consulate. They're in the country. They're visiting their tourist visas. Mm -hmm. I, I assume there's real reasons you have to come to the consulate. But that also means we're a mecca for people that like to protest any oh, of these countries. Yeah. And so there's usually like a group of people banging drums or, or waving flags outside for, for issues I, I know nothing about. Right. Yeah. I admit that. I'm yeah. like, what are you pissed off at? Why? Who and who? By, wait, who? You need to narrow down which one of the yeah, countries you're ticked right. off at around here. You're like, I'm just trying to go home. <laughs> I just squeeze yeah. through here. I don't want to get in the middle of the uh, Pakistan whatever fight right. that you're in the middle yeah. of. So I'm going to use this Olympics okay. to convert both of you into Olympic fans. I'm, I wish you and the you're best. You're going to watch, really? Yeah, you guys are going to cheer on the, the the athletes and track and swimming and right. Be fun, Can I right? tell you that I don't pay attention <laughs> to track? Uh, swimming, gymnastics, at any other point. Yeah. And I'm led to believe they do these sports all the time. Oh, yeah. I just it's don't pay thing. attention to them then. So you're not going to convince me to pay attention to it now. Oh, this is my, my, yeah. my work cut out for yeah, me. Okay. If Good I luck. didn't care about the 100-meter dash two years ago, I really don't care about it this year. Oh, I'm at I'm least ready. consistent. I'm consistent. Okay. All right? Let's Might see. be one of the reasons why I need to have your faith in humanity mm -hmm. restored. Andrea Darla says she could do it for us. Well, you guys are going to be so excited. All have right. you ever heard of the Frosty Penguin? It's mm. an ice cream shop, mom and pop shop for years in okay. Park Ridge. It's outstanding. They make it. s'mores creations. Oh, wow. and, oh you guys. It's Frosty P. Sounds delicious. delicious. Well, on Monday they announced they're going to have to close. Oh. Because business was down 60% and they employ a staff of 10 to 12 teenagers. You know, local kids looking kids for summer jobs. an ice cream shop. They just had no applicants. Oh, no. Oh. And they said, hey, we're going to have to close down. So a group of teenagers got together from the neighboring communities, Park Ridge, Nile, Skokie. They said, you know what? This is our, this is where we grew up working. This is a little mom and pop shop. So yesterday, Frosty Penguin says we are reopening. Yes! They had more than enough applicants. They're going to employ 10 to 12 teenagers. They found a general manager to work and train the kids. Very, very, very happy community. That sounds stupid. Nice. Isn't that great? And they're reopening today at nice. 11 o'clock. Two hours, you can go yep. get your ice cream at there the you go. Frosty Penguin. Frosty Penguin in Park Ridge. It's nice. wonderful. Yep. And good for the ki good yeah. kids. Kids get the summer jobs and they're back at it. Mm.
Meanwhile, my I kids would, at home sleeping right now. Here we go <laughs> again. Here we go. We're going to have a talk about yeah. that, by the way. Uh, uh, you guys, thank you so much. This is the fun oh, couple did, of days. Andrea, thank, thank you so much for filling in. We sincerely appreciate it. I uh, hope you... Uh, Andrea, hope you have a wonderful week. We hope you all too. of you have a wonderful weekend, all right? Also, you know, this takes a village, Andrea. I don't know if you know this or not. Yes. Or um, if you need to know who to blame, I want to run down the list for you right now. MG and the yep. posse over at Mission Control. They hit all the buttons over there. Infant producer Miranda. She sits on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof glass. We've got DJ Cheese working the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And, of course, Nick Gale, who will continue to deliver. And deliver the news, the traffic, the weather, the information, uh, dare I say, everything you need to know. It's all coming up next right here on 890 WLS.